Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app for league fans, putting the NRL at your fingertips. News scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information, and more. New features for 2017 as well. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store or Google Play to download League Live today. This week in league, Cleary to overtake Malat and become the most hated Ivan in Western Sydney as the murder of Tigers fans' hopes and dreams continues unabated. To make them feel comfortable, Panthers give Sharks family seats where they'd be surrounded by drug abusers. NRL's Easter Sunday was a religious experience with premiership hopes being crucified, youngsters getting fucked and someone telling Moses he's not allowed to go. Plus, we look back at all the action from Round 7 of the 2017 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 251 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. Welcome once again to our new listeners. And uh, boy, we're starting to get some new listener tweets in there as well. And um, I'm not going to talk about stats again, more people's stats, but let me tell you the fucking... Last week was the most ridiculous stats of all time. This week, 30% more than that. We're on the way to Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking... It's actually, it's, it's actually fucking ridiculous and I sort of need, I need to get to the bottom of it. But... um. As we always say, if you're a new listener and you're new to Twitter or you know, you have joined Twitter because you want to get in amongst the banter and everything, that's great. Uh just drop us a drop, drop us a line and uh you know, we'll give you a shout out and uh, you'll get some instant uh Twill Nation followers around you, um you know, especially if they know what your team is and you know, and who you don't, support. Don't feel like you have to give them any sort of respect because they've no. been around longer than you. No, I mean we see these guys, you know, coming out all meek and shit. Yeah, and no. like, that's nice. It's good, that, you know. Respect, respect is nice. And I guess you know, when the first time, you know, when when you fucking step into the jungle and they're taking your clothes and if I could, you yeah. know, done done the cough test and that's you it. know, hand you your prison issue shit, and you know, you're walking in there the first time and you got like, you know. The, the, you're down the big corridor and you've got like two levels of stuff and like flaming toilet papers coming raining down on you, you yeah know. you don't have to shank anyone but at least fucking hit them with a dinner tray you want, you want to walk in you want to find there yeah, you, want, you, want, you want to find the, the, the toughest the toughest fucking gun on Twitter and just start smashing them straight away yeah. and assert, assert your dominance um Primac underscore sports kind of went that route actually he said I'd love to claim I'm a new listener but I'm now uh, I'm only a now consistent listener in 2017 aiming for consistent tweeting next and he went on to say I said you know welcome blah 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 and he said uh I love to listen up here in Darwin. Also like dishing crap on former front row teammate from Newcastle at Ben Hetcho 43 aka Ben who uh we uh, went to the grand final grand with. final with yes, yes uh, mm. in the Sharky sec- end. and uh he's yeah and he says, hashtag worst front row ever. And I was just like, mate, why would you do a flamingo like that? <laughs> Fucking stick in the front row. I mean, dude, the dude, yeah. he, he, he's built like Paul Hoff's fucking 
Look, I'm only, sister. I'm only assuming <laughs> that it was a school team and the coach was also the science teacher. Yeah, yeah. And had a fairly good understanding of what the gene pool did and did not need. <laughs> and so, so instead of doing that shit like in, you know, in high school biology where you where you where you cross you're crossbreeding uh fruit flies or you know shit like that, he's like, No, I'm gonna do some fucking <laughs> Well, you, look, <laughs> I'd contribute to the human genome. <laughs> you know, there's a fucking another one of him. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. That's so true. if something happens, got spare. Um, and you know, even even if both of them, you know, <laughs> so uh, we're at Adam Brackman Brackman, A D A M B R Double A K M A N. New listener here. Love your work. Go the Raiders. Love to the Twill Nation folks and get around Nick Kotrick. And he's got a hashtag Dick Fingers Edric. So he's a new listener, but a careful listener. Listened enough. Yes. And uh, he's come in respectful to Twill Nation. So yeah, I mean, give, the, give him a follow. Uh, thank you, Adam. Uh, <laughs> and that, that young man just needs to hope and pray that Nick Kotrick never ever makes an error. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, he can make you can make an error, but he 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 can't make like he can't Ben Hunter like a poor character. Yeah, like one of those monumental ones that yeah. live, live in, in yeah. forever. Yeah, um, which is which is hard to do in gen- in you know regular rounds. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, if you really want immortality, you need to do it on the yeah, grand stage. True. And there's no better time than the first kick in golden point <laughs> of a grand final. <laughs> I mean, fucking all eyes on you. All right, um, at Jabroni Chalker. And uh, he said, uh, Nathan's his name, and uh, he said, uh, G'day, gents, new listener. Love the comeback, kid, Sebway, the blatant weekly burial of Sharks fans. And, of course, hashtag is in decline. Thank you, sir. All great things that I, too, I too enjoy. Yes. Uh, at uh, Steo Styler, said, uh, new listener, Tigers member, long-time sufferer, crack and show fellas, keep it up, hashtag Tigers in decline, hashtag uh, Ivan the Great. There we go. So he's he's getting on the Ivan the Great thing, which is great. Um, you know, as a Tigers fan, you know, t- you know tweeting, you know, hashtag Tigers in the clients hurtful yeah. to yourself. I mean, that's yeah. that, that's actual that's like cutting. Was there actually a historical Ivan the Great? Because I know there was an Ivan the Terrible. Yeah, yeah. And, and if, if you're trying to come up with fucking catchphrases, and like he's Ivan the fifty percent at the moment, so I mean, yeah. next week could be big <laughs> <laughs> in the evolution of his hashtag. <laughs> The next round or so, I should say. Um, De Niro in the mailbag. He said, "Our perfect weekend, really. Manly lose, Panthers humiliated, and Tigers in decline continues." Go fuck yourself, Dave. What a fucking horrible human being you are. <laughs> At Craig Malson. Hey, gents. Don't know if this is a worthy talking point, but hashtag what the fuck? What do you think of trainers on the field from a minute dot? Oh. You know the thing that annoyed me most about trainers being on the field from the the first minute of a game? That you had to look at Alan Langer? No, that's second. <laughs> the first thing was the bleating from fuckheads about Tuvi back in the day when he was, you know, he was doing it as a trainer. Yeah. Just cut your fucking whinging, bitches. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't really care that much. I mean, unless they no. get up in the line and make a tackle, <laughs> I don't really care. Look, I understand the, the issues, the but... The only feasible argument that I've got yep. is for example your team's under pressure and it's late in a game yep. and you're a half trying to assess what the defensive line's or, doing or if you're standing back there like a second fullback or something you know assigning players positions in the defensive yeah. line and so, you know, yeah yeah. but that's a fullback's job anyway yeah. really so Look, and, 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 until they come out and say 
stop doing it, mm-hmm. every team's got equal. A better trainer doing that, though, would get marched by the referees pretty quickly. You know, told to get off the field pretty quickly. Hmm. Well, I'm not so confident. Shit's mic'd up a bit now, and I can't say I've heard anything really like that. You can hear it when you're at the games on the sports ears. Yeah. If the refs are around him, you can hear him. But, um, yeah, it, it, it will be interesting one day if one of them does get in the way. If there's yeah. a, a break in play. Or and they're the one, that, and, and like they, they don't actually do anything intentionally other than just sort of being a body there. But, mm. you know, the, that's the pathway for the player who's attacking and yeah. run, like, like running into the ref or something, I guess. That's but um, it. Mm. how would they even adjudicate that? I mean, there would be definitely something, there would be a contingency in how to deal Is with that. Is there not an interference rule? Like, what are they doing when someone streaks? Doesn't it just it stop? Just sort of shuts down play there. Yeah, you, you yeah, shut down yeah. play. Yeah. And then it's just. The referee gives a mark of play the ball. Yeah, which if it's a certain try, then I mean that's that's a result for the defending team. That yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. Fuck. Okay. Um, but yeah, like otherwise, I don't. Unless something like that happens, I don't. I don't really care yeah. much. It does. I, it, it's one of those things where it's you know in your peripheral vision the whole time, and you, but you don't. I don't really. It doesn't bother me. I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, I don't. That's it. It's just something that you, it, you just don't see anymore. You're focusing on the other stuff, and yep. it's just you know, it's just white noise. Yeah. At uh, Nathan Sully 89, petition to have Stepdad do every NZ match review on This Week in League in his Kiwi accent. Oh. First episode this week, I guess. I'll consider it. <laughs> uh, and he's also the the, G, the DJ and Kiwi sketch that Jay was thinking of is Tim and Phil. Yeah, that's it. Brought back by Tony Martin on Get This as the district's swiftest Indian. So, there you go. Hang on. What the fuck's... Get this. If this was a radio show that Tony Martin did uh, See, now, now that he's saying ago. that, I reckon... No, see, I'll go on one better. I reckon he's just brought that forward. Do you remember Martin Malloy? Yeah. That was a Tony Martin and Mick Malloy radio yeah. show yep. fucking 15 years ago. Yep. And that then, I reckon it was on that. Ah, uh, there you go. Mm. Maybe he's just recycling his material, you know, oh. through every evolution of his fucking broadcasting Do you know what? slash comedy career. If you've got a fucking perfectly aged bottle of single malt, you take that to every party you go to. <laughs> At Paramount Mark 2, listening to episode 250 of this weekend, like, locked away on my own in my bedroom, away from young ears, before starting the footy festivities of today. Well done. It's just interesting you lock yourself in your bedroom. I get the keeping it away from young ears thing. I pre- I, I do support that. Yes. I don't want youngsters listening to this. Definitely. Like your Matt Moorlands and so forth of the world. I mean, they've got enough stress on their plate. Yeah. Can you imagine the fucking pressure listening to this had put on him? Oh, just, just, just the filth flying filth. I know. He'd be Googling what all of these words mean. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. It's like back when I was listening to Kevin Bloody Wilson the first time, he said Google didn't exist because the internet didn't exist. But, mm. you know, same thing. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Oh, Aussie Jag, congratulations on 250 episodes this week in league. Great work as always, guys. Thank you, sir. Rob sold out. Wouldn't it be magical if the Broncos finally got done for their salary dodging for episode 300? Fuck me, they'd be glorious. I mean, like the storm got done almost for episode one. I think yeah. it, was like episode, it was like episode eight or like, you know, 7.5. God, I remember that day. That mm. was... Oh, I couldn't believe that day, but like, I was... Jaw hit the ground. I remember... Because uh, it was in this house and I remember... Seeing the stuff on Twitter start to pop up saying that you know mm. shit's going down, press conference starting. That's so why I fucking raced upstairs and whacked it on, whacked the TV on, and I was sitting on the coffee table just like, 
this is fucking glorious. I, and then I'm just re- then I'm going through my head like just rewriting history in my head about how how amazing Manly was to win in 2008. It um I think if anybody believes that any club will be done for salary cap breaches or any sort of financial breach without gross fucking ineptitude. See, you sorely mistake. Parramatta 2016. Like, you know, and you, but you know what all Parramatta had to do was not talk about the fraud in the recorded board meetings. Mm-hmm. Do it at any other fucking time. Yep. And they slide. Yep. But exactly. You know, so um and I think the teams that are really good at let's say walking close to the sidelines mm-hmm. are good at that and have had enough practice in it. Yep. That the the only thing that brings down an empire now is an extremely disgruntled individual. But at the end of the day, even if they are disgruntled, they they there still needs to be some some measure of ineptitude in terms of people writing things down. Oh yeah. Because if they're not written down, then it still becomes like you know someone's word against someone's word. That's and it. If, and so you're saying that would keep them gruntled. And, and if they're a disgruntled person, then then you start looking at their motives, why are they disgruntled, exactly. and and immediately yeah. the story starts to fall mm. apart with no evidence. But and like then, the storm, you need the second set of contracts if that if that's what exists, or you need the the fraudulent fucking invoices from yeah. Parramatta. Yeah. I mean, you need a paper trail. So if you can do paper bags, if you've got rich benefactors. Um, and if those rich benefactors are going to testify in court, if you can organise for their fucking planes to crash in Africa, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can shut them up, real, you know. Yeah, yeah. People can get touched. That's don't know how rich you are. There's, I mean, racehorses can, you know, they can break a leg and get put down. You know, the, thoroughbreds the, or not. You know the thing. You've seen the usual suspects. Yeah, um, Wayne's son. <laughs> last scene with the fucking foot cr- sideways foot <laughs> straightened up <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh fucking hell that's, that's the greatest thing you've ever fucking <laughs> fuck it's um, stone cold oh. <laughs> how, how can you finish <laughs> Start laughing all fucking episode. <laughs> <sighs> uh, hey, Sam Morden. That uh, just like Faf, the boys celebrate their 250 with a winning app. As always, great listening for NRL fans. Then he's got an asterisk, you know, and the asterisk is with a high profanity tolerance. Mate, we're just kicking reality here. This yeah, is, this is the way, this is the world today. You know what? Don't we, be sheltered. We live in the fucking warmth of the globe. We bask in it. Oh, do we? Did Nat answer his question today? Yes. Okay. Yes, she did. His book, War and Peace. Yes. Yes, yes, Um, she she did answer that. Just to give you the quick one, because you'd ask for it, Sammy. uh, Yes, I think there are some players who are absolute little dickshits, and I think that there are some young players who seem very grounded and humble. Who were raised right. And that's exactly my point. I think... More of it comes down to how they were brought up by their families and that support network uh, than what the clubs do. The tough thing is you're going to have, if you're good enough, people from the age of 15 telling you that you're going to be a superstar. That's how that's how it works, yeah. And you need a very strong support network in your private life to keep you grounded. Uh, if, if you look at the, um, like the runner-up rookie of the year last year, Ash Taylor. Yep. And the true... Alfred E. Newman the true rookie of the year Nathan Cleary no 
Well, we only played Negative. half a season. Exactly, so, so it couldn't you, be. you double how good he was, so he was no, rookie of the year. No, it doesn't, work. Um, it doesn't work like that. We could look at the you know, just stay performances grounded. this year. Stay grounded. You don't have to arc up. You need a better support <laughs> network when you were young. Um, yeah, there, there's two players who are young and seem to be fairly humble and, and workmanlike in how they go about things. Then you get the the Dugans of the world and the Carnies of the world who who at a young age were were fucking around. So... Um, yes, I think the club does have some sort of responsibility, and me, I'd love a uh, a two, maybe three year rookie cap on contracts, just like they do. Like the NBA's got their rookie caps. So you're saying like the la- like the lack of money will humble them? I'm not saying the lack of money will humble them, but if you put your rookie on the sure, max- I millennialize them and make them fucking disgruntled, and then when that cap comes off, it's just like, all right, it will show make them- no, the- they they will be very gruntled. Um, but if you have your rookie on the maximum rookie payment for yep. three years, yep. you've got them for three years. And then you know that another club, the only reason they'll go to another club is if you've fucked up somehow internally, if the culture's wrong, if the coaches can't. When do they start so When do they start negotiating for their first non-rookie contract? The season before. So that's a rule you want to make? Yeah. Well, they can't do it like year one? No. Because I mean, then yeah, sure, the team can only max cap them, you know, for the three years, and it's not gonna, they're not gonna get a financial benefit from from shifting. But you know, teams can can wave the carrot of what happens when the cash starts appearing on a sliding scale, and how far their scale will slide to but get them to leave. I mean, it's not, it doesn't, it, you know, they could have again, the most, they could have the most fulfilling three could. years of their career they definitely could the, the other thing I'm a bit fucking dirty about at the I moment I still don't think it makes them like I don't. I still don't think it makes them into non-cunts either I think I don't I, I think just I think you know little fuckheads are going to be yeah they are they're going to be what they're going to be but then you get like look look the at the damage is done by the time they turn 18 or whenever they start look, look know, at playing. Dugan and Canberra yeah you know he was the guy that all of a sudden after a couple of good games wanted to go and test his value on the open market yeah stops that sort of thing um, plus I, I think you know a team with three years of certainty around a player. Yep. That's good for the club. It's good for the player. Can't go wrong. Okay. And of course, we've got to, got to give Glenn his, uh, the final word on the on the, the episode 250. Uh, Real dad. He said, 250 eps. Sometimes an old love moves on, gets a boob job and gets super hot. Still proud. Kudos, my faves, me and you. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. I mean, give, considering like 250 eps and like 200 and change. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember. What do you remember? What your first episode was? Probably be nice if I did, but I, don't. I was going to say. I mean, that would be like a yeah, a nice milestone for you to remember. I mean, you'd, you know, you'd think you would, but you know, whatever. Oh, you I know, mean, well, you say it's cool if you don't. I'd. Fucking, I remember my first episode was episode one. How about you? I'd fucking remember if somebody <laughs> presented me with a t-shirt that had you know stepdad and the episode number on it. I don't have one of those. So number thrown through, <laughs> thrown through, <laughs> yeah, thrown yes. through. Twenty seventeen, uh, Bega Rod. So the Knights should charge commission to all the players using them as a way to bump up their contracts. Hashtag met with Brown. Hashtag no thanks. Oh, there we are. Real estate agent throwing around commission suggestions. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, Mr. Palmer, teacher. This is the disturbing tweet of the week. More so than than Kyle's, you know, locked in his bedroom, 
with his pants off listening to episode 250 or whatever. Yeah, he only behaves like a teenager. He's not actually a teenager. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. Palmer teaches that apparently the kids at my school are well aware of this week in league. At least I don't have to explain my Twill Nation jersey at sports carnivals. <laughs> he used to become the coolest teacher though. I mean, you're wearing the, the, the jersey. Do we, do we know what's... Do we have a, a region? Yeah, look, I want to say... Inner Sydney. Inner Sydney? Yes. I know exactly where, but I just don't Compass want to say direction, it. or I just, I, I just, I just don't want to. Uh, I just don't want to say because I don't know if I'm allowed to say. It. Ah, he, okay. He can tweet us and, and, and you know, if we're allowed to, but yeah, I know exactly you know what? where. Kids, don't give Mr. Palmer any shit. You'll come across one, maybe otherwise, two teachers. You, otherwise, you'll get a fucking you'll get a tweet storm against you. <laughs> no, I'm saying you, you'll get maybe one or two teachers in your lifetime that you'll be prepared to fucking oh captain my captain for. Yep, and he's you one. Know, he's one. At Hammers. Lots of lols this week, lads. Great stuff. Can't pinpoint anything because I wasn't really paying attention, but I know I lolled. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> De Niro again said, do you ever think it will become apparent to the experts, in quotes, that Brisbane can throw huge TPAs at players thereby reducing contracts? I think it's already apparent to the experts. People make cast, you know, aspersions, even journalists do when they're talking about these things. But at the end of the day, as long as the TPAs are done with the illusion hmm. of at arm's length, as they're supposed yeah. to be, or to the point where they can't be proven not to be, yeah, then... That's that's the other thing. Uh, the, the TPAs, if, if you look at a lot of Queensland businesses, yep. there's not a lot of Bronco involvement. Like, who's that Serena Russo yeah. job oh, access? Oh, the stories, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, all of those... Like, when I first moved to Queensland, there was, like, a four-hour infomercial at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, because they couldn't afford proper TV. Yep, yep. And it was that Serena Russo bitch. Yeah, how to get that job. Yeah. Um, the Discover Yourself. Yeah. At Stephens. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, you um, taking me back to, yeah, the, oh, the golden age of television. So, you know, there's all those Queensland companies... And you're not seeing these better call Saul and stuff when you you know yeah. Serena Russo how to get that job. I fell down a fucking YouTube hole the other day of um eighties <laughs> uh TV ads. Okay. And I think that we should get every fucking little millennial shithead that accuses anybody of being racist and play them the diamond chopsticks ad. Oh fuck, I can't even tell you what that is. I got no recollection. It's of that. pretty fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> So, go on YouTube, Diamond Chopsticks Diamond ad, Chopsticks, all right, done. Um, and send it to Sarah Hanson Young. <laughs> yeah, and it should be like, she should get outraged at this company that's probably long since ceased to exist. It, they were officially Sydney's first home delivery Chinese restaurant. Oh, okay, so, though, okay. Because I was going to say, not much of a market in Australia for chopsticks. <laughs> what, what are you, where are you spending your money advertising for chopsticks? You should be marketing yourself directly to, to, directly to Chinese restaurants. Yeah. People so much aren't really going to be buying no, them. The general yeah. consumer. Hit that up. Um, <laughs> diamond chopsticks, all right. Uh, fantasy underscore NRL CEO. Has anyone considered that while Glenn was bleeding about run TMB, he was actually warning them to run from the Tigers? I've told you it was a fucking curse. He really did. He cursed the Lottie hat trick thing. Yeah. Like, all these... <laughs> All these things came to pass. And you know what? You're probably doing the same damn thing to fucking Moylan and Clue. No, I haven't. I don't oh, go through they're going life, awesome this year. I don't yeah. go through life fucking spitting on gypsy women in the street if they're in my way and kicking them. No, but you, you, you're always talking about, you know... Stepping on their fucking bone necklaces and breaking them. Tell them to get out of my way, as Real Dad does. I'm respectful. Well, no, he just, he just made songs up about Lottie scoring tries. <laughs> 
immediately they cease to happen. <laughs> run TMB. Stop running. Mm. <laughs> Pretty much immediately after that, the first fucking bit of paint touched the screen. Same could also <laughs> be said of uh, our dear friend DCE, who also appeared on a shirt. Yeah, that's true though, but I mean, you know, that shirt got him back. Don't so. fuck with Jam Master J. <laughs> I'm saying some poltergeist shit. Yeah, he's still dead though. <laughs> oh, I love running MC though. Uh, Butsy eight eight eight. With rumors of Tedesco leaving, it's a big promotion for Elijah Taylor, T, and McQueen and Brooks. Run TMB will live on. Well, now they're fucked too. <laughs> Somewhat different to the. It's, it's kind of like the the 2016 Point Break remake or 2016 Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. It's the same name. <laughs> but it's somewhat different to what the true believers would have expected. It's pe- somewhat inferior to you would think. It's people that, yeah, you know, I hope you really don't check it out properly before you pay your money to see it. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tall Hayden sent us a tweet. Uh, he said about Robbie Farrow, coach killer, still, um, with the form the man formerly known as the Mole. I gather he's having some trouble negotiating with the NRL for the right to use the uh, trademark. Really? Because, because they got all the IP for rugby league. They, they bought ah. the IP for rugby league week. The NRL did. And so the mole is obviously a trademark or, you know, some sort of IP of rugby league week magazine. How bad is that when you know that you are the only person on the fucking planet yeah. that that name has any worth or value to? <laughs> you can't. And the NRL is still fucking I saw hard. someone ask Greenberg about it and um, on Twitter and I think he replied and said, like, you know, we, you know, we're working out the details. Well, fucking details. I mean, realistically, like, are you really trying to get cash out of it? Like, really? Look, I'm of the opinion if the NRL's acquired an asset and you can receive value for any part of that asset anyway, you don't give it away for free. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, like, what would it be worth? 50 cents? <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. To him... To, to him, it's only worth... To, to him... To him, it's a million. He's literally the only person... That That's his entire fucking identity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember when it was actually was an identity? And it was like, who's this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Before those social media was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, sorry, back to the actual Tor Hayes tweet. Uh, Robbie Farrow, Coach Killer, and it was a, it was a tweet from uh, Mole's new account, which I won't, you know say because I don't give a fuck Uh, breaking Ivan Cleary has quit as coach of Lebanon Rugby League okay so look it's obviously he doesn't want any relationship to the past of the West Tigers at all Cleary yeah he's just like he's clearing out all the all the chaff I mean because you know you're seeing like Woods is potentially gone which we'll get to but uh, Moses is gone Robbie's long gone and he doesn't want any return to that I I really hope Nathan asks him for a schnitty for his birthday dinner this year (laughs) (laughs) Now this the the series of tweets from Bernard JKD. Now he's over in um, in Ireland, I believe. We were talking about someone asked us last week about uh, about uh, players who go from league to union, and you know, is there anyone that you know that's been any good when they went there? Or was that last you know, week? Heard, yeah, I think it was last yeah, week. Maybe maybe the week before okay. or something. Yeah, and we're saying like, you know, is there anyone really like no, no from union to league? No, 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 from league to union. And so it's, it's like the game, like oh, to Japanese or French rugby. Yeah, yeah, like oh, oh, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, no, any, no, rugby, any rugby, Israel Falau, so don't give a fuck any rugby. Oh well, if but, you look, there's plenty of rugby league players that walk straight out of being mediocre club players and got played for the Wallabies. Jersey. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that's a, that's an indictment on that sport, right? Yeah. But he's, I think he's taken it as a personal attack against Union, and he must like Union. He said, everyone in capitals who has left NRL for Union has A, a higher profile, B, more money. Stop being dumb with facts. Hash, Sydney side of stupidity. 
actually... Shall we discuss some facts? Let's Bernard. talk about facts, Bernard. Fuck me. Higher profile. Don't make me fucking laugh. Mm. Name one. Name one fucking NRL player who went to Union and acquired a higher profile out of it. Yeah. You can't. Maybe in New Zealand. Maybe their stocks rose in fucking Christchurch. I, d- I dare say that Sonny Bill Williams' profile didn't didn't increase. No. He was already fucking huge. Exactly. And a paparazzi, you know, sort of figure. But, you know, just a, to save you going off on, on something that wasn't even a, a fucking thing, we were talking about French rugby, which and is the threat, and that was around Jared Hayne. And we and, to, and and let's be fair. We weren't saying anything about Union either. We were saying that the game of rugby league will never ever be in threat or diminished by a rugby league player, no Go, matter yeah. what profile. That's it. Leaving to play Union. Yeah. And anyone leaving to French or Japanese rugby, fucking forget about their profile. And their was, profile equals exactly yeah, zero after that. That was the point of what we're talking about. Mm. Gaznia was the only one that we could actually remember mm-hmm. that went to play rugby in France. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. You know, yeah, exactly. Give- he goes on to say, he said, sad but true. Hey, maybe try leaving Brisbane or Sydney sometime, which you've spelled Sydney incorrect both times, by the way, um, and uh, and see the giant forces of Union ranged against you. 300 v Asia. Let me tell you something about Union from up there in the Northern Hemisphere that you might not fucking realise. In Australia, rugby Union is a fucking dead sport. Yes. I'm not even going to say dying. I'm going to say it's fucking dead. And I'll go further than that. You know what? You want to know an example of how fucking dead Union is in Australia? When they had the meeting of, regarding the future of the super super rugby competition, yep. New Zealand and South Africa said, we're going to, we need to, we're going to add a Japanese, I don't think it was a Japanese Hong Kong hybrid team or something, mm-hmm. um, or Japanese Singapore or something, hybrid team. And so we're going to cut an Australian team. The ARU has the vote. They can veto it, and they still said, all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. believe me when I tell you, they don't have more fucking money no. if they're playing in Australia because the game is fucking broke. Mm. And I can talk about it from a business standpoint when I was going to be doing some work with the Reds. Let me tell you, they do not have any fucking budget for anything. Yeah. They are fucking broke. The sport is dead to the point where most Australians, unless you are like a member of a club or something, they don't even fucking know when... You don't even know when the season starts. The media doesn't even fucking cover the sport down here anymore. So, you know, it might be fucking fine up there in in Ireland. You know, people enjoy watching fucking Ireland play and all the counties, blah, blah, blah. But believe me when I tell you, down here, no one gives a fuck. New Zealand, they still give a fuck. They love it because it's the only thing they're good at. Like, oh, they're good at fucking hobbits too. Like, yeah, okay. They're good at making Lord of the Rings movies. No, they're not because those fucking hobbit movies were shit. Oh, okay. Fuck Peter Jackson too. Those movies are bullshit. Lord of the Rings, they were great. Don't get me wrong. They were fantastic. I thought the dragon was pretty good. <laughs> dragon? <laughs> but, yeah, it, you know, the, the difference is that in Australia, you, you're never going to conquer the southern and western states because AFL has too much of a foothold. Mm-hmm. You're never going to conquer the East Coast. Because of rugby league? Because of rugby league. Yep. And even in, in the suburbs, it's not even like it's a, an a, appropriate sport for, for suburban communities. Because the only people that get excited about fucking rugby union here are 45-year-old 
middle managers who's and optometrists best, and whatnot. Best three years of their life were at university. Yeah, <laughs> haven't achieved anything since. Yeah, and go back onto it. Yeah, but it, you know, again, uh, it's a state-based competition and it can't draw crowds. You look at what Queensland gets out for at State of Origin time, mm-hmm. and that versus what the Queensland representative, yes, for the sport of rugby union gets. Yep. Even, even the Lions and AFL is a, a you know, that's, a satellite that, sport. Yeah, that I would say, yeah. That, and, and that's a real cyclical thing too. Like, the Lions are shit so people don't go. But still more go there than they do yep. to the rugby. And from a membership standpoint, it's not even a fucking competition. Yeah, but the point still stands. It was Jared Hayne threatening to go to French rugby. Yeah, it was like Semi, for example. And Believe me, Semi goes, he goes to France to play rugby. That motherfucker turns invisible. Yes. He disappears. He's gone. Fucking Kaiser Soze. <laughs> You'll never see him again. <laughs> um, yeah, the the point still stands. The the threat of European or Japanese rugby um, hasn't taken any sensational players yet. Yep. And I doubt it'll take anyone of any decent profile. Look, I think there's I think there are more more TV viewership ratings for English Super League on cable television mm. than there is for fucking free to air rugby in this country. There would be more listeners to rugby league podcasts. Well, put it this way. Based on last week's figures alone, <laughs> there is over 30 times the amount of <laughs> listeners of this show than watch the Brisbane Lions game in Brisbane, mm. the last game. So. Yeah, they only had like... Yeah. They, they only had like... I mean, it's, it's AFL. I mean, it's Code Wars now. I'm just shitting on everything. But <laughs> they only had 7,000 fucking viewers yeah. on free-to-air television. Yeah. So um, don't get me started on soccer. So, so in conclu- the thing about soccer is soccer is always going to have uh, a foothold in the, in the entire world because it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, it's very easy to scrunch up something or make a ball out of a pig's bladder or something and kick it around with your fucking mates. Yeah. You don't you don't need you know specialist stuff. See, to me, soccer soccer is the Broncos fans of the sporting world. <laughs> they want people. Well, they've got success. You must. You must you know, they do, they do very well. You must acknowledge our power. That's it. <laughs> you know, they do very well. Yeah. They've had a certain level of success. Yeah. And there are, you know, some good highlights packages from yeah. its entire existence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they will militantly bash everybody over the head until they get that justification. And they will manipulate statistics to try so, and prove that they got one over any other ball sport in the country so, at any yeah. given state, yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but again, if if in Europe and the UK, if rugby union is a community-based phenomenon over there and you can get behind your local team and get out and support them, fucking good for you. Fantastic. The, the problem... In Australia, the problem is Australia, it's not well, the case. It's, the, in Australia, it's a, it's, a, it's a sport played almost exclusively at private schools. Hmm. Which and and where and where's leagues and more working class game, and in New Zealand it's kind of it's it's not the opposite, but it's not it's a, it's a working class game in New Zealand as well, which is why they have the, the so flow dominant. through of, the yeah. flow through of players to play the elect to continue their careers and play union over league or whatever. And I don't know, but man. it became a big it became a, this this has become a big union bashing thing when that wasn't even the point we were discussing in the first place. But because you did raise that point, just like to fucking ram it up your ass, that point. Yes. Point first. Points. Bernard. Bernard. So or Bernard. Are you Bernard Fanning? So so Bernard. Whilst I acknowledge that in, in Ireland I'm sure the the quality 
well not the quality because it's a terrible sport but the 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 following mm. of union over there is probably fantastic and uh, you sell out games everywhere and you know you've got your northern hemisphere you know six nations or however many fucking nations play it over there now yeah. that's great but that's your little insular picture from what's happening over there and that does not in any way represent what's happening in the southern hemisphere specifically Australia mm. the end the twill tourist hashtag that uh, Mr. Wars brought into existence the other week has started to take a life on uh, we had Vanita Nita Beta. Uh, greetings from ye old London town. And a bit of a picture of uh, herself and her fella. Okay, nice. The hash twill tourist. Uh, e underscore rascals said uh, Tanzania. Ooh. Potentially the first and maybe only African listen. Yes, it did begin in Africa. That's taken us back to the uh, the cradle. Cradle civilization. Yes. Brings back some of them blood diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> We'll start our own team and poach friend rugby players. <laughs> At uh, Benar47 underscore, I'm reading this tweet, not under duress, but under protest. He said, uh, he's got the hashtag Twill Tourist tag, Atlanta. Now listen, motherfucker, you live in Atlanta. You're not touristing to Atlanta. Well, I appreciate We know that you're in Atlanta. What's what's close to Atlanta besides poverty? Well, I'm sure they've got their own poverty everywhere, haven't they, in America? I mean, it's like yeah. this place. And then there's poverty, <laughs> poverty segment of place. It's just the way it works over there. Okay, but what's, what's, what's the next state? The fuck, I don't know. You're fucking uh, Louisiana. Okay. Well, it's just Georgia. Look, I want you to cross county lines, not carrying anything that you shouldn't carry cross county lines or minors or anything. Yep. Then tweet us with a twill tourist. <laughs> so it like throwing on like, yeah, Alabama and fucking all these yeah. other places. Go for it. Um... But, you know, well done for getting on board. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you that one because I, I do like the expansion of the Twill Tourist thing and now you're definitely on the records at Atlanta. You can't use it again. You gotta, you, know, you give something else. Until you decide to go and live in another state and then go come back Cuba, to Atlanta. Go to Cuba or something. You know, give, have, us a new, a, give us a new destination. You know, have, have your off-season living for a completely different uh, state. Juarez, for example. Maybe brave the cartels. I'm trying to make a parallel to how he was a manly fan, and then he fucking flipped over. Well, yeah. So and then he, he came back. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, maybe maybe go up to Detroit, like because for some reason that's the NFL team he follows. So you're saying there's only one place worse than Atlanta, and that's <laughs> no, Detroit. No, no, I'm saying he follows the Detroit Lions. I'm thinking, what? Oh, okay. Motherfucker, you just had the most magical season <laughs> of, of, of local local teams. You know. Fair enough. Whatever. Nathan Sully, 89, Estonia. That's where the Baltic started. It would have covered South America last season as well. Fuck. Well done, sir. Well coverage. So someone's, someone's trying to step up and and uh, and try to take Sam on. Yeah. As far as you know, number of countries and you know, number of destinations, I'd love to see a full. You wouldn't take Sam on, you know, physically. Oh well, yeah, anyone takes Sam on Physic- physically. You take Sam. No, I mean, he could run. He could run away. He wouldn't <laughs> do it. Though. The thing is, you could you could get a car and you still outrun you. You outrun. You don't run. You'd run out of petrol before he did. That's <laughs> Assad could have used fucking gas on on kids in his country. Doesn't mean he should. Yeah. You, you shouldn't. You no. shouldn't physically go, Sam. No. It's against the Geneva Convention. <laughs> have fucking Kevin Rudd all pissed off. <laughs> on a daily bailus. The last few weeks have been twill tourists in Scotland, Germany, France, Iceland, and on the bus home from Auschwitz. In brackets, needed cheering up. So. <laughs> 
there's look. I'm going to be honest. Can, can no less just, than no less than sixteen jokes just immediately jumped into my head. None of which I use. You know those sliding door yes. moments. Yes. Fuck, that was a terrible movie too. You know that. Don't at me I'm on talking that. about the fucking movie. I'm just... I know what you're saying. I just came to my mind and I'm saying if anyone asks me and tries to defend that movie, they're getting blocked. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Are you okay? Am I okay? Like, just what is it What is it at the moment in your life where I say something and all of a sudden you're referencing Gwyneth Paltrow? But that's the first time. What else did I... She's a fucking pig, though. <laughs> <laughs> um... So it's the, there's an alternate universe somewhere. It's <laughs> cool kid Apple, though. Where he's he's on that bus. Yeah. And his iPhones drop out just as we're going into a Con Hess rant. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that would be awkward. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. That would, uh... Yeah, I can't see... I'm, let's just move on because I'm going to say something and someone's going to get offended. Uh, <laughs> more so than usual. <laughs> Uh, at Alan Paul Walker, uh, listening in sunny Catalonia, not a tour tourist though. Did see Ben Pomeroy for my sins. It's time I won't get back. Another top ep, guys. Thank you, sir. Nice and, work. And yes, he has been our, our man in Catalonia for uh, several years now. Mm. Uh, once again, uh, thanks to our good friends from Super League Pod for their weekly roundup. Uh, and given the Easter weekend, I think they've got two two rounds to, to cover. So uh, I guess without any further ado, Firstly, follow at Super League Pod on Twitter. Uh, give those guys a shout out if you enjoy the segment and uh, listen to their podcast. I mean, for fucking starters. And uh, take it away, boys. Thanks, gents. Tom and Mark from the Super League Pod here bringing you a bumper Easter update on all things ESL this week in Memo's Man Bun. And we start all the way back last Wednesday when it was Huddersfield Giants 22, Catalan Dragons 29. Jake Mamo debuted his shitty urban samurai hairdo for the Giants in this one. And despite some positive signs from him, it wasn't enough for Huddersfield. Sebastien Ikehefe was also on form with a massive 17 tackle busts. However, it was NRL cast-offs on the other side that made the telling contributions. Skeletor Walsh had a try and two assists, with Braden Williami also continuing his good form with a try and 122 running metres, although returning hero Tony Gigo was the difference maker for Castellan in the end. On Thursday night, Warrington's mini-revival continued with a win in the Cheshire Derby, 19 points to 10, away at local rivals the Witness Vikings. In truth, it was an error-strewn encounter where neither team impressed. Charlotte Runciman scored for the woeful Vikings, but perhaps the most exciting piece of action saw the evergreen Chris Houston full-on tackle referee Phil Bentham uh, to see the former night staring down the barrel of a lengthy ban. On to Friday, it was Wigan 29, St. Helens 18, the original derby and still one of the best. Kyle Amor had to carry his bindle off in the 13th minute. Slightly harsh to see red for a swinging high arm on Liam Marshall, who himself went on to score a miracle try for your world champion Wigan Warriors. It was young outside backs that took the plaudits from this one. Regan Grace on debut for Saints with his centre Mark Percival were flashy in defeat. Joe Burgess and Liam Marshall both grabbed two tries in victory for Wigan. An eighth Good Friday win in a row. Also on Good Friday, there were points aplenty in the West Yorkshire derby, which saw Castleford thump Wakefield 42 points to 24 to solidify their position at the top of Super League. Scores from Big Dave Fafita and Bill Tupu gave an air of respectability to the Trinity score, but Ben Roberts, Grant Millington and former Bronco Greg Eden were among the numerous cast scorers as the Tigers got off to the best possible start for the Easter period. 
a little later that day, it was Hull FC 24, Leeds Rhinos 52. Hull's defensive tour de fuck-ups went on as they refused to make tackles stick on their own line, helping Leeds rack up a big score. Amongst those to benefit from simple tries were Matt Parcell, Mitch Garbutt and Joel Moon, whose move into the halves has also seen him greased up to the point of untackleable. Tough shifts by ex-NRL back rowers Gareth Ellis and Mark Minicello were amongst what may pass as positives for Hull, but really they were woeful. Off, woefully off the pace in this one and it was the low scoring affair at the AJ Bell in the final good Friday game as perhaps the season's biggest surprise package Salford scratched out a 12 points to 6 victory over the Leeds Centurions former Cronulla Sharp Mitch Brown notched for the Centurions his only score and there were never going to be enough to beat the Red Devils and with that Chris Wellham and million pound game hero Gareth O'Brien did just enough to hand Salford the competition points in this one Moving on to the second game of the doubleheader on Easter Monday, we start with Wakefield 10, Wigan 16. The man with more vowels than teeth, Frank Paul Nuasala, had one of his best games in a Wigan shirt, ably assisted by a man of the people, Anthony Gelling, who played his 100th game on one leg with an added touch of Simbin Worthy Grubbery to boot. Ex-sharp Bright Eyes Arona carried well for Trinity in a very tough middle unit battle. In the end, it was the extra spark added by young Wigan wingers Tom Davies and Liam Marshall that saw them home in a game that defences were on top in. And it was effectively all over after 20 minutes at Headingley as Leeds Rhinos began to cement their top four credentials with a 42 points to 22 win over hapless Widness. Former Manly hooker Matt Parcell is the gift that keeps on giving at Leeds, scoring two for the Rhinos, and he was ably assisted on the score sheet by Joel Moon, who also bagged a brace for Leeds. Chris Houston signed off ahead of his ban with a try for Widness, but the pressure keeps mounting on Vikings coach Dennis Betts. At the same time, it was Lee Centurions 10, Hull FC 24. It was just the pick-me-up that Hull needed to play a depleted and underdone Lee side in this one. A couple of forwards who barely tickled the NRL opponents, Lachlan Burt and Dane Weston, were among the best players on Park for Lee. But returning Carlos Tumavavi and powerhouse hero of Victorian Rugby League, Mahe Fanua, were too hot to handle as the Black and Whites found their first win in four. Saints' post-Cunningham revival asterisk continued on Easter Monday with a hard-fought win over table topples, table toppers Castleford Tigers. 26 points to 22 was the final score, with Saints withstanding a cast fight back in the second half. Braces of tries for Greg Eden and Ben Roberts weren't quite enough for the Tigers to claw back the deficit after Matty Fleming, Mark Percival, Luke Douglas and young winger Regan Grace had scored for Saints. Easter Monday continued with Warrington Wolves 26, Huddersfield Giants 24. The scoreline looks exciting, but the fare on the field wasn't that great. For a second game in a row, Maymo and Ika Hifo were amongst the Giants' best, but were just aged out by a core of Wire's British talents. Chris Hill and Daryl Clark both clicked up front. Deck Patton was the midfield general, and Steph Ratchford offered a threat from fullback. It took a Danny McBruff missed conversion, though, to take the two points for the home side. And the final game of the Easter weekend saw Salford miss the chance to go top of Super League after the Red Devils capitulated 38 points to 6 in the south of France following a strong performance performance from the Catalan Dragons. Chris and Inu scored for Le Drax with Skeletor kicking all the conversions as well as a couple of entirely useless drop goals. Uh, Salford remained in the top four with a consolation try for Justin Carney being the only bright spot in an otherwise forgettable trip to Perpignan. 
All of that means Cass stay top, but Leeds are level on 16 points. Salford and Wigan complete the top four. Hull just sliding out, with Catalan, Wakefield and St. Helens making up the top eight. Resurgent Wire make it to ninth, with Lee and Huddersfield sinking, but not quite hitting the depth of Witness yet, who are alone in 12th place. Now, last week on the membership thing, uh, you were saying, uh, floating the you know, the potential of like a members-only night before the El Loco day, the day before the grand final, right? Yes. Uh, it got some response. Uh, the artist formerly known as Special K, who's fucking through the week changed his handle again to Gronk Kieran. Members-only night before and you don't expect it to be loose? <laughs> I'll make it my mission to ruin Jay. Okay, make that your mission. Yep. Look, people people don't understand. No. We were fucking <laughs> <laughs> We started before anybody. <laughs> we finished after most, it's, I would say. It's the shark fan in him. It is. One one premiership. And all and, of a sudden you're David Boone. A, yeah. <laughs> David <laughs> Boone crossed with Tony Montana. <laughs> fucking party party man central. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Doz tweets that are organising a members orgy ball at the end of the year mainly so Tigers fans can get fucked on Twitter and in real life that's a fair comment bring it I say yeah. the cursed chapo with you guys coming to Sydney a day before the grand final the Twill members event should be at Oktoberfest what could go wrong there's a fair bit that could go wrong actually so. honestly I don't I think the only possible negative outcome Outside of you know like watch house there yeah, that sort of stuff yeah. would be just diminished enjoyment of the, the next point. day mm. like because that day because I mean I would hate I would yeah you know, nothing would be worse than being so fucking blind in the morning when you wake up and sick that the Sunday became yeah. a real ordeal you know oh you'd push through yeah well, you, you know you'd do it you'd do it for the listeners yeah go you do it for the members you do it for the fans fantastic you do it for a sport of rugby league yeah that's the dedication we have exactly. Once again, it's very. It feels like it's monopolised by, strangely, by trading and teams, you know, signings and uh, crap yeah. like that. And I, I find that sort of news to be the opposite of fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> but just tonight, before we started recording, uh, saw Twitter start to go off saying that uh, it looks like Woods to the Dogs. Mm. There's a Channel well, Seven report. Has well, there been anything deal. further than that? Don't know. Just so I, I saw a couple of tweets, and then so then I did a bit of a search on Twitter to see, and then it started emerging, and people were like, okay. So it looks like Woods the dogs a thing. Not a hundred percent surprising though. I mean, it's been talked about since the the whole fracture of the big four. Yeah. You know, for the last probably three weeks, that uh, that the dogs were uh, not necessarily a likely destination, but an interested party, and then they play on the relationship with him. Plus, and, you know, yeah, it's well, and, well, in fact, they they get along. It, it is interesting though. When, whenever this shit comes up. Sources pop out of nowhere. Yeah. I've only heard... I didn't hear anything about Brooks. I didn't hear anything about Moses. Haven't heard anything about Teddy. Yep. Woods was the only one I heard something about, and that was a couple of weeks back, I think. Yep. 
and it was from like far enough down the grapevine that it was you know flip a coin is it true or not so everyone's got fucking opinions on this I'm just going to be glad when it's done I agree 100% When, when when it's fucking over when the last utterance of the term Big Four like has the, come and gone. One of the most dominant halves who ever played the game mm-hmm. has stood up and said, I'm not going to be at my current club past this year. And he doesn't get as much airplane speculation. Had a press conference. As, had about a day or two of Twitter yeah. chatter. And literally nothing. I mean, admittedly, he does play for a team in a place that's not a rugby league market and... Yeah, you know, that's still, sort of thing. But you'd think that people who are chewing up the newsprint writing stories about like the, the, these four idiots... They're from, fucking yeah. trying. They're trying to write stories about Kronk. They're yep. trying to link him with, with everyone and their uncle. Yep. yep. But because there's no reciprocation out of Melbourne... Yep. And he and also, he, he just he just, he just disseminates information when he feels like it. Yep. And now, yeah, it's, it's not a very interesting person either. Slight difference. It's not that Melbourne's also trying to re-sign him. Yeah, yeah. But the fucking West Tigers and the players... Should have just made it really clear, day one. Don't fucking talk to me about it. As soon as there's a decision, yep. there'll be an official line from either yep. of the Tigers, or if we choose to go from the club we're going to. And put a media ban on all the guys as well. Oh, the fucking, it's fucking simple. When just, there's something to announce, exactly. You can you can you know have a press conference just like Cooper did down there. Yep. But until then, shut the fuck shut up. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Um, Moses has uh, personally and via his management tried to get an early release mm-hmm. and at this stage anyway the answer is no and Cleary has said that he uh, signed a contract to the end of the year yep and he expects him to fulfil it yep and there's a couple of factors at play obviously for starters the Tigers probably don't want to help out someone who's of a similar level vying for probably if there's any mm-hmm. final spots available for these yeah. guys you know the same couple of spots there's also the, the the fact that Brooks is injured and still and who knows when he's back and they certainly don't want to be without both of them he's this week isn't he well I, I, I heard he that he's, he's still he's still mm. you know maybe not quite right yet okay. so. oh we know he's not quite right but, but to play oh yeah okay yeah look I, I don't think the Eels or, or I think he pulled a hamstring fucking great playing <laughs> musical chairs except there was <laughs> there was four chairs there and he just jumped on one <laughs> <laughs> four participants, four chairs. Yeah, I feel sorry for. I remember once when I was in school, everyone was talking about going to see this movie on a Friday. Yep. And we had a class together. Yep. And then it split up, and the three of them went off to like they had a, a science class, and I had maths. Yep. And then in the time of that, they decided they weren't going to go. Then they were going to go Saturday. Yeah. And I'd rung my mum and got her to buy a ticket for me for the Friday. Oh. So I know how Brooksy feels. That's heartbreaking. He's standing at the west with a fucking ticket for Friday in his hand. <laughs> Everyone else is going Saturday. Oh, um, yeah, I don't think the Eels were rude for asking. I don't think Moses was rude for asking. And I don't think the Tigers were wrong for denying it. Yep. If there was a benefit in there for them, fantastic. But how many years have they finished ninth? Yep. Now, uh, Jack Bird to Brisbane deal happened uh, there was talk that you know he was there was a lot of speculation about the dollars involved and you know Brisbane insisting it's not as high and uh, you know Cronulla insisting it's this and so forth uh, they offered uh, well it, the way it all panned out was you know Sharks released a statement 
and it was a little bit catty. Have they come out and said why somebody's bitchy 13-year-old daughter was running their Twitter that day? Well, it wasn't so much the Twitter when you like, had like the website, like there was a full their statement. Media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the statement itself, I think the tone of it was wrong, but I think the, the actual content of the statement was good because what it did do is it spoke to their members who probably felt it was important to retain Bird. And so it's spoken to those people and said, look, we want to make it crystal clear here. We offered him a fuck ton of money, yeah. more than we've ever offered a player. And so, therefore, you know, long story short, we've done, believe us, we've done, we haven't like tried to shortchange him or anything. We've done absolutely everything possible to try yep. and retain him, and he's still chosen to leave us. So, you know, is what it is. Yeah. And that and that sentiment, as far as like explaining it to your members, so you don't, you're not getting the member backlash. Of, well, why'd you let him leave? Well, like, come on, we didn't let him leave. We gave him a fucking gargantuan deal, and he, he elected yeah. not to take. Um, and then it comes out that, like, you know, he's, he was a Brisbane fan, and, you know, back in the day, and, like, Bennett. Bennett took him to, brought him to the Dragons and left him fucking, <laughs> left him hanging. <laughs> so he's obviously not as favoured a son as, as Fluffy is. He hasn't got that Darius fucking follow Wayne to the end so, of the Earth Claws, you know, built into his shit. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, then the Broncos like, oh, make a complaint you're, to the NRL. Rec- how carefully you reckon Darius read his fucking contract? Well, at, at some point you've got to expect that, you know, Wayne's hit his all, last all, destination all I'm thinking of are those poor Egyptian cunts that built the pyramids and put all the booby traps inside yeah and then when they took the pharaoh's coffin in they they went along with yeah, it yeah. So <laughs> yeah Darius will be up in fucking Tawong yeah <laughs> that day is that day is approaching in, in with Unky Wayne yep, yep. Um, yeah the, the, I agree with your sentiment but send that to your members in a fucking email what do members get that's exclusive these days Absolutely fucking nothing. So if that's the purpose of it is to speak to your members, yep. send it to your member base that yep. way. Um, yeah, they didn't break any rules. It may have been. It may have been in the member section. So I don't. I don't know. I yeah, mean, but I don't a screenshot of it. So don't put it up. Yeah. You know, don't put it on your website. Don't don't put. But it that up. would still. It'd filter through. That would still come out because at the end of the day, I still get emails for fucking whatever reason. I get Requests. yeah, yeah, but also also like Broncos and Titan stuff too. Oh, fuck. I suspect the Titan stuff comes from the days um, from back in the day um, when we were associated with Choppy and stuff. I mean, you know, that's probably how that happened. But the Broncos one, I've got no fucking idea. I can only assume it's from buying tickets to go to see games at Suncorp. Maybe because that's how a lot of you know yeah you know, forget you, to unticket you, box. You, you get your offers to sign up mm. to be a member you know when you sign up when you go to a home game for a team that's not your yeah. team you know so yeah in in the scope of things if this is the biggest issue in rugby league this week pretty lame week yeah so yeah. what about Sam Bird just getting off the shoulder charge it was definitely a fucking shoulder charge yeah it- <laughs> There's a player that went to rugby too. Yeah, he he got he got he got rich in his profile. Huge profile. Yeah, huge profile. Yeah. Just if you needed another example. His mum didn't have to buy as many strepsils. <laughs> Tell you what, she'd be working overtime though. Wouldn't, I mean, try and keep these cunts in first grade, right? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it. It's, I've said it before. The only thing that the judiciary can possibly cop shit for is lack of consistency mm-hmm. and for for th- things that people can see with their own fucking eyes the shoulder charge thing is becoming one of the one of the biggest areas of inconsistency as well yeah because it's it's they've got clear guidelines about it mm-hmm. but like other like other 
like head high tackles and things like that these little grey areas and these little minute technical details have been fixated upon which are letting guys escape suspension in time for finals the way the way that the NRL needs to manage this because it comes back to them yep if their definition of a shoulder charge isn't um, you know good enough for them to ping players and let them off on technicalities then they need to introduce a charge which is something like um, you know gravely unsportsmanlike conduct Yep. And then they could have pinged Burgess on that thing because he saw Eastwood coming, yep. turned his head, looked at him, braced, and projected. Yep. You know, that was a fucking cheap shot yep. and a blind side. Yep. So if they ping him on that, then any shoulder charge defence that's come before before him doesn't get him off. Yep. So if they uh, if they're smart they'll do that. This Week in League is brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile's League Live, the ultimate NRL app, putting the NRL at your fingertips. News, scores, TV viewing schedules, match day information, and more. Search for Sportsmate in the App Store and Google Play to download League Live today. And don't forget, they've got their Twitter account, at Live. And we were saying last week, you know, make sure you tweet them about um, you know, any stats, you know, put them to work and so forth. And uh, someone did. A couple of people did. Aussie Jag uh, was the one that caught my eye, and he wanted to know when the last time was uh, the three teams won on the same day or night, oh, scoring the same amount of points. I was fucking ejaculating. The perfect after thing after this tweet. And then, did they fucking go above and beyond though? And I'm not going to read out all of the things that they that they produced, but they came back and said, "Look, according to our records, it's never happened before in the NRL era." But as not to leave you empty-handed, here's some NRL numerology. And they've gone on to send a tweet like, "Last time three losing sides had the same score. Last time games had the same score on the same night. Last time games had the same score on the same night twice in a season. Last time three winning scores have been in sequential order." And, and <laughs> And last time they've been in a sequential order with a gap of two, uh, so yeah, they're fantastic. Above and above and beyond the call of duty, and uh, made us look re- like made us look really good because we we said that you know this is the sort of thing that can happen, mm-hmm. and uh, they you know went ten x on that shit. Mm. <laughs> they also threw out their obligatory tigers in decline tweet. I, and I love that. Like even weekend. when they're winning, they're in decline. It's the, fantastic. The, the way the way they've embraced tigers in decline, yeah, the second only to the actual tigers. Yeah, true. <laughs> Just fantastic work, and uh, we love their work. Um, now, do you have any particular stats, things that you want to talk about, or Mate, did, I I steal your, did I steal your thing? No, the, yeah, I, I was going to jizz over the uh, the numerology for a little while, <laughs> okay. but um, no, you've uh, you have you've stolen my thunder. Okay, so Friday afternoon we kicked off, and we had the um, interesting scoreline of the Bulldogs twenty four defeating the Rabbitohs nine, uh, with the, you know that the, the classic field goal just before half time mm. proving not to be the winning master stroke of the game uh, the doggies had tries to Holland Reynolds Josh Jackson Josh Morris two or four conversions to Holland uh, two or two two of two penalty goals the Rabbitohs they had a try to Alex Johnson they had a conversion to Reynolds and a penalty goal to Reynolds and it was the field goal just before half time to bring them their nine points that they did not improve upon you reckon Chrissy Sandow was in a pub somewhere go on I taught him that that's me Rabbitohs field goal at halftime. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a throwback to the pre the pre Rusty days, or maybe to the early Rusty days. I'm trying to think about. It. Rusty was in the dressing room in this one. Well, oh, he, he elected to come down from his throne in Nana Glen. 
Yes, he was in the dressing room. Mm. Mm. Um, Didn't fucking do a lot for him. <laughs> He's lost a bit of his aura. <laughs> Rusty. Even in, even in the film world, though, too. When was the last time he made a good picture? The nice... What was the one oh, with... The nice guy, that was yeah. good, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. That was all right, yeah. He was um, Superman's dad. He was Jor-El. Yeah, I said good picture. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, t- t- taking film advice from the guy that, that thought run DCE was a good idea. It's like taking diet advice from John Goodman. Well, fucking great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking of fucking... Uh, it was a nice little... Galaxy on Monday too. Fuck, can't wait. Slag on, uh, in the first half. But I, I saw a lot of praise for Reynolds after the game. Oh, he's the heart of the dogs and he's the this and the that. Yeah, he, he's also a fairly fucking weak link when he wants to be. Yeah, no, but I still... I, he definitely is. He, he's, he he's definitely the heart is. of that fucking team, though. Like, but oh, the yeah, first he, try that South scored. Yeah, but happened to be the only one. That which was, he also matched with his own contribution of scoring a try and all the, he did. the rest of it. So. What I'm saying is, if you really want to be the heart of the team... Yeah. Don't let in a fucking lazy try <laughs> 25 minutes into a game. If, yeah. that, if that had happened 75 minutes in... He wasn't Robinson Crusoe on that fucking try either. I mean, like... Yeah, he was. He hung back and Johnson <laughs> fucking smoked him. Yeah, but Johnson had to get fucking back into... I mean, he, he wasn't the guy... That, I mean, he was in a position where, you know, there, he could have, you know, been the guy to stop him. There has but, not been a Reynolds solely responsible for so much devastation since Bert and his illegitimate children in the fucking 70s. <laughs> but anyway. But no, you're right. He, he did come again and that was a, a pretty uh, standard Reynolds effort when he scored his own yeah. try, the kick and the chase through and the, yep. the not giving up and getting it just before yep. the line. Um, it was a very good showing as well of what, what Frawley brings. And I, I don't know why he's not starting. It's interesting, uh, but as someone who has spent many years uh, with his side under the coaching of Des Hasler, yeah. Well, it's not even it's not even strictly just Desi. I mean, like everyone can say this about their team. Like you had the situation last week with fucking CHN, not you know, yeah. and kick out just yeah. resigned, but he gets dropped out of the thing. Fucking playing ice piece. Yeah, and then and you had uh, when they were probably the 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 right players for the situation for the the, you know yep. and um, and like the same thing like Lewis Browning explicably gets a fucking run like every team's got these situations and in the Des Hazler days I mean you had like Luke Williamson was all, you know, and there was a time where there was the Chris Bailey experiment when he, that guy fucking got you know Desi does fucking pick and stick Desi, <laughs> and, Desi does but um, I, I just can't believe that I, I, I can't I, I truly can't believe that he's blind and this can't is what I'm see the it, improvement it, it all yeah. starts to, it only starts to happen when Frawley's there. Yeah. And I don't think Frawley's that amazing. But fuck, he's the, he's the tonic for this team, though. He is. Well, that... He's the piece that they need. That's all they need. Yeah. They need time with a ball in the air. So, on yep. attacking kicks, they need the ball to go high. Yep. They need management of the game. That's the, that's the thing, you know. Like, he's a game manager. Like, I, I, I didn't rate him, and I was still not sure I do. But, I mean, fuck... He's better than what they had. In his situation, yeah. yeah. In, in this Bulldog situation, he definitely improves the, them in the, so many areas. The Bulldogs almost to a man have a representative quality forward pack. Yes. You know, um, the hooker's the only one who's not. Yeah, and he's... um, Yeah. And a forward pack of that quality, give them a half-decent kicking game mm-hmm. to buy them a bit of time and give them breathers when they need it. And yep. 
they, they should produce results, and that's what the dogs showed that night. Okay, what do we got here? Uh, at underscore underscore. <laughs> this motherfucker. Sergis has been so disappointing that I reckon South should pay him in Gold Coast Titans membership coins to save money. Yeah. Seagull Spur. Good to see Burns carrying a torch for absolute shithouse wingers with names pronounced Braden. Mmm. He's, got he's hash- still bitter about that. Hashtag Willie Arm. GT351 underscore Johns. 36k. Got to see those toothless I just want to just interrupt this tweet to bring a, a public service announcement GT351 Johns sir can you please tweet us before you fucking hit the Uzo dead set yeah. it's really fucking like every single week I could read your tweet out and it would sound like absolute gibberish but no I've got to figure it out and try and turn it into English are you sure but, it's not just dog speak no this is this is this is someone who's so this, is the, this is the closest thing I could say would like to a slurred tweet. But are you sure that if you read that tweet verbatim, there wouldn't be a, a section of the listeners that would just be going, "Yep, no, there's so much dog brother." There's, no, there's there's so much auto you, you, there's so much autocorrect going oh, okay. wrong. This is crazy. Thirty six k got to see those toothless wart stained grubby turd burglars lose, or want stained grubby turf burglars, as the case may be. Lol at Fuckheaded, <laughs> fuckheaded. Oh, he's got LOL at duckheaded sounds, which I think is LOL at fuckheaded, fuckheaded south. Souths. Yeah, okay. Yeah. P.S. Burgeye Grubs. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah, thanks Thanks for that one, Einstein. Uh, Sydney Roosters 24 defeated the Newcastle Knights 6 uh, up there in Newcastle. A crowd of fucking over, no, just under 21,500. Sensational crowd. I mean, this is the Knights, right? Uh Roosters- Newcastle love the rugby league. Oh, and... And they did fall off a little bit, but when it's, you know, public holiday occasion football, like to get a crowd like that when their team is so dead set diabolical without chance of victory, fucking massive credit to yeah, them. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, Manu, Gordon, Kiri, Pierce, the tries, and Gordon, perfect 4-4 conversions for the Roosters. The Knights had a try to Ken Sio and a conversion to Trent Hodkinson. Mm. Um, it, it, it's tough for the Knights. My opinion is that it's tougher to show constant improvement while losing mm-hmm. it's easy to do it while winning yeah you know and a lot of people say that counter that oh you know if you're at the bottom the only way is up well no that that's bullshit but i think the knights doesn't week mean week, you know how to fucking dig though yeah the, the knights are looking a little bit sharper each week they're looking a little bit more cohesive you know now they're at the stage where where their sweeps out wide the Gay guy's drawing enough and he knows when and his outside man knows where to be and they're coming off those players that were previously going over the sidelines or, or being knocked on. Yep. Um, there's still a long way for them to go. Uh, but the Roosters had a few close calls early on. Yep. Um, with the Knights bombing a couple. Uh, but I think the, the losses they've had in the last couple of weeks did a bit of good. The Roosters... Looked like there was a little bit more individual determination, and that went through the team. So, Pierce is running the ball well. Um, Cordner seems to be a little bit more aggressive in defence. Thing is, if you had a couple of losses too, the you know there's nothing there's nothing better than running. It's the Knights to just you know work on some shit and get some confidence. Oh back yeah, too, exactly. You know? Back in a form, um, you know, and and I think that that was probably a nice little cohesion exercise. Mm-hmm. For the Roosters, 
uh, and they'll come out of that with a little bit of confidence. Their forwards were not spectacular, but um, fuck if I if I was their coach, I would be trying to go back in time and figure out what I put in Napa's water. That one time, that you one did that, time, that thing, that yeah. one time, yeah, that one time origin bolter yeah that was an origin bolter game so <laughs> he's been an origin bolter ever since yeah which so, shows what it takes but uh you know look they've, they've got mitchell to come back into the side yeah i mean we'll see what you know how all that worked out as well i mean with the the resting and and so forth i mean i guess it's a bit of a you know on one hand you go oh you know it's like a coach looking out for a kid or whatever what, on the other though, hand, it's like a shot across the bow to say you know stop fucking up but they that guy that replaced him Yep. He's now my second favourite Manu between Sicker and Vatavay. Oh, it's, oh, you're talking yeah. about that fucking French dude on My Kitchen Rules? No. <laughs> no. Um, oh, third, sorry. <laughs> no, we don't do cooking shows in our house. No, I don't watch it either. So. It's funny though, you hear like... It, when I'm doing the commute to, you know, dropping the kids off at school and stuff, and, you know, the, you hear the, the morning shows on the radio or whatever, and, they're like, they'll be talking about it. No, we don't and do shit like, cunt radio in our house. And I'm like, and I'm like, fucking seriously, like, this show sounds, it seems, it feels like it's been, this this season of that show you're talking about, you're mentioning it so often, it makes it, it feels like it's been going for fucking eight months. Look, I, I don't know if I've said this on, on this show before, yep. but I have a very good friend of mine, Excellent amateur cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, half a foodie. Yep. And half a foodie. He's the sort of guy that if you go around to his house, yeah, you're gonna get cheese, and the cheese comes with a 45 minute monologue. Yeah, like so he, that, he can tell you which nipple of the cow. Yeah, that to me that, that, sounds, was, that sounds pretty much full. Uh, there's nothing half about that. What I'm saying is, it's not. That's not his natural state. He's learned to to do that. Oh yeah, well, they, so, they they all do. No, no, I've met some full-blown like, you know, I was bred into this foodies, but he was uh, on the auditions for one of those cooking yeah. shows. Yeah, excellent cook, um, fantastic at what he does as a you know amateur. Yeah, um, and there's actually a time when they come to you and say, "So, what's your story?" Mm-hmm. And he missed out at his, his story audition. Wasn't tragic enough. Well, he didn't have one. He thought yeah. it was a, an audition for a cooking show. He's a very good-looking young man. Dumb. He dresses very well, yeah. and he knows how to cook food. Yeah. Um, but then he loses out to fucking old Bertha, who's you got to cry on command and have some cancer in there. Yeah, somewhere, like, you know, you know, her her kids were were kidnapped and killed in a lasagna factory. So now to take back the power from lasagna, she cooks it and sings the lullabies she used to sing to them as babies. Yeah, and then one time she thought she heard the pastry lift, and it was her daughter's voice in there. But anyway, yeah. As as a, when it comes to those cooking shows, as as someone who's a qualified chef and worked and worked in the industry for several years, no one wants to fuck. That's not a fucking competition prize. That's not. Yeah. That life is not a prize. Yeah. That, <laughs> you got to. F- you got to fucking love it. And let me tell you, cooking for Sunday, cooking Saturday night fucking dinner party for your friends, yeah. that ain't the life. That's fun. Now, as, a prof- <laughs> as a professional, what would the reception be like for somebody that didn't do the hard slog, do their four years, come in, yeah, do this, the shit, the, the, yeah, well, and get a job in a kitchen because they were on a TV show? 
Yeah, yeah, and, and and it wouldn't be like they'd be they they wouldn't be cooking much. They'd be washing a lot of fucking dishes. Let me tell you. But um, the funny thing is, people will think Gordon Ramsay's like really funny. Like, yeah. oh, he's hilarious. The way he fucking. Let me tell you, that's every fucking head chef I've ever known. And even if you look at some guy who's supposedly nice, like Jamie Oliver, when you see that show where where he was doing the one with the homeless kids or whatever, yeah. and he was just ripping off their heads and shitting down their necks because that's what it's like. And that's it's, and. I had that, except in Japanese language as well. <laughs> so I had like the racism coming at me as well as like just getting shat on. And believe me, when you cl- when you take one step up the rung of the ladder, you absolutely shit down the neck of the one below you, and you take another step up, and you become you become that person, man. Like I was the same. Like, so extrapolating, yeah. What fucking horrible things happened to um, Bellamy under Bennett? Yeah. How many times did he get a fucking visit from Kaiser Soze? (laughs) Or his associate Kobayashi, Mr. Kobayashi. Just the sound of dragging the foot down the hallway towards the assistant coach's office. (laughs) Coming, Craig. Yeah, the Manu guy that replaced Mitchell was pretty good. (laughs) Wow. What were we even talking about? Oh, yeah, that's right. Knights versus Roosters. <laughs> Mitch the Geo, two spoons coming dead last. Newcastle still turn up. Hashtag big crowd. You do have that going for you. At Cavernous Hope. It always surrises me that the Roosters aren't put off by playing in front of a crowd. They only do it a few times a year. I'm sure they True. enjoy it. Uh, the G Campbell underscore 88. Fucking hell, we won't have a chance at winning a game until round 17. Send us to Perth. Six fucking wins in the last 50 fucking games. Why were you pinning your hopes on this one as being one to win? There's been more winnable the, games this year. Than the, the Roosters have been disappointing. On paper, I think. Oh, they've just, you know pretty much fucking undefeated until and then they lost a couple. You know, a couple. Then now they're what five and two. Hmm. That's that's you know I dare say they've had their second l- half phase. Less disappointing than two and five. I would I would hazard to say. If I didn't know better, I'd think you knew what numbers meant. <laughs> I mean, fancy. I mean, it, I'm just saying, like a team that was meant to be a big improver in the year, who, and they and they they're five and two after seven rounds, is more or less disappointing than a team that's premiership favourites is two and five. I'm sure. The same I'm sure to those people who incorrectly somehow picked said team as premiership favourites, it would be disappointing to them. Hmm. However, to those of us based in the real world. <laughs> Mr. Palmer Teacher, Roosters beating us is nothing special. They could have put loads more on if they tried. Hashtag giggity giggity get stuffed. Yes. That is the worst fucking banner in the history of sport. Yeah, I'm still kind of partial to to the the GST one as far as the worst banner. (laughs) But, yeah. It was topical, it it was relevant, and it actually, you know... They they went, it's a G and an S, and it's a great, and it's a saint, and... Yeah, it was topical, like fucking 20 years ago yeah but it's not like there's a popular fucking animated show and one of their characters is the yeah. GST yeah yeah yeah. it you know I mean what does he I'm, have I'm, to do I'm, with the roosters yeah I'm not sure what the, I'm not sure that the neighbor, the neighbourhood the neighbourhood sex offender <laughs> oh well there you go we've just said it it's Blake fucking it's a Blake Ferguson yeah, okay. reference problem solved it's fucking genius you go banner person yeah. you, it was obviously on a meta level that it took us like a good probably what 90 seconds to get to so I was going to say it took us fucking 8 years <laughs> 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 I thought that guy was a cunt for a long time <laughs> you go you, 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 your banner's fantastic 
You just keep on winning. Uh, the Broncos, 24, defeat the Titans, 22 at Suncorp. Crowded just under 35,000. Uh, the Broncos, 24, came with a hat-trick to James Roberts. Uh, Nick Rima and Milford also with tries. Kahu, two of four conversions. Uh, Titans, 22, came from tries to Don, James, Grevesmule and LG. Ash Taylor, three of four conversions. Mm. Surprising scoreline at this one. Well, you know, it's a little little brother, big brother thing. Yeah, look, Titans always get up for these games, and and the Broncos always appear that they've been ambushed by a a Titans Mm -hmm. that's up for the game. Um, But insert Titans template yet again. This was plenty of ticker and couldn't close it out. The template is template. Like this is the absolute prototype (laughs) from which the mold was made. Yeah. It really um, was, and I, I, I feel for the Titans fans, and just the fact that I feel for them just tells tells you exactly where that club is as a franchise. Yeah. When it comes to this show, what you want is when you lose, you want us to be like, that's hilarious, suck shit cunts. That's where you want to be, yeah. because that tells you where you are on the totem pole. That's, your, that's your happy... Yeah, that's that, that's, you know... You're a good team when people take pleasure in your defeat. When people are like trotting out the so braves and oh, you deserved and all this deserved yeah. shit, and you know the better team this and yeah. When th- when people start throwing that out, mm. you know you're a peasant organisation. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, tell you, I don't think I don't think they deserved anything to be to be no, frank on the they night. They were fucking garbage it, until they you know they pull their finger out momentarily. But if you look at and the, there's one way to look at it that. Two teams came together and it was a scrappy game and, and they battled hard and one team just had a little bit extra in the tank. You know, Gillette had that last-ditch effort and he's that sort of player. Yeah. You know, that that's why he's, he's such a, a um, instrumental member of that team. But if you look at it, the Broncos completed 63%. Mm-hmm. If there was ever going to be a night that the Titans finally got one on yep. and all they had to do was hold the fucking ball. Yeah. Right? All the Titans then had to do was make them pay. They, for their part, missed 45 tackles. And it, and still, despite all that, it just came down to the fact that they were fucking overrated half. Yeah. They couldn't even do the, the, the most elementary function of half them kick a fucking ball into touch. But even have, have that thing of, well... You know, okay. I need to know where I'm kicking it, and I need to know who's coming up at me. Yep. And look, yeah, yeah, he was fucking offside, but you know that's never getting called in the history of the game. Ever. Ever. Whistle goes away in those situations. He's, exactly. Everyone knows that. But but I tell you what, people you don't want to suck his suck him off. Like he's dead set fucking average. His defense isn't great. Who's that? Fucking LG. Oh, yeah, LG no. life like he's he's gold star. He's not like he's like I'm not saying LG. I'm not saying LG's great either. But he's he's like he's gold star uh, before they had to fucking change ouch. their name to LG to yeah, avoid ouch. to avoid the, the, to avoid the fucking stench of poor manufacturing. Um, you know, yeah. Alfred E. Newman or Ashley E. Newman. He's great though. That dude's fucking he spectacular. Is, and and he is taking charge of that team. Yeah, but. But you can't have even a Bronco side that makes sixteen errors. Mm-hmm. If they make sixteen errors, and all of a sudden you start to get on top in the battle of field position, you're missing your crucial tackles, and they're they're sixty meters upfield. Yep. So it it's that two step forward, three step back thing. So I, I think as as fans, well look as as a current Titans member, 
I'm appalled at the effort they put in defensively in terms of talking to each other and organising. Yep. Now, once again, one of these close Broncos games though where it's just like fucking the drama and, you know, the excitement in the last 10 minutes. So. I'm, I'm and they almost expecting. And they almost fucking... And they almost yeah. pulled it off too. It's funny, on the, on the on the live view from the back, to, you know, back right where they had the camera angle mm. at the time when that kick went through at the end, it always looked like he come through with it. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, just Titans, just not just not good enough. So brave, not good enough. Uh, Astronauts, is it just me or is Don a contender for the slowest fast man? Yeah. Mm. Yes, there's, there's a few of those, though, I dare yeah, say. there is. Um... Gronk here and no wonder Wayne paid 1.2 million for a rep bench center to guide this team around <laughs> there's that salt from the sharks again Bethany underscore B underscore 97 insert generic Titan script here indeed yes Normie H93 I said all we had was heart and we can't even keep that from being broken ouch shattered and see I still feel sorry for you guys I still feel sorry for them the Titan would, yeah that would I mean, it, it can only be because just you know I'm, I'm a very empathetic I'm person. I'm fucking like, pissed that Jesus fucking Hayne couldn't bring himself back last week, so we could have used him in the opening lines. True, true. Inconsiderate fuck. Shana eighty six. Control C, Control V. <laughs> yep. Alex underscore day underscore. Titans hit puberty and bulked up into the little brother. We almost can't steal lunch money off. Almost. Go hungry cunts. <laughs> Freak09. Shout out to Troy underscore 79 who had the Broncos in a multi and cashed out with less than three minutes to go. Smart so. move. The result may not have got it, but statistically, that's a smart thing to do. Yep. So yes, I will shout out to Troy for not being a fucking degenerate. He went for the, he went with the smart move of, with the information he had at that, at exactly. that time. And over time, we'll come out ahead. Well done. Well. Yeah, I don't know about that. Storm 30 defeated the Mighty Manly Seagulls 26 at Brookie. Uh, where are we? Storm 30 came with a double to Gunagugu. Tonomapia, Adokar, and uh, a double to Felice Kafusi, which was the big difference, all right? Cameron Smith, three of six conversions. Seagulls 26 came from tries to Winnerstein, Tafua, Kelly, Jake T, and uh, Brenton Lawrence. And Dylan Walker, three of five conversions. This one's all yours, buddy. Look... In talking about this game, I, I, there's a there's an attitude out there that I just can't abide, and the attitude is at least they didn't give up and look, they took it to them in the second half and blah blah blah. And look, twice in this game the Storm were leading by 18 points. To to try and attribute anything to fighting spirit or anything like that. Mm is to completely dismiss the fact that the Storm had the game won twice over and uh, put the cue in the rack. Mm. At the end of the day, it wasn't like the Storm didn't... like. It's, it's like they didn't score any points or anything in the second half, but they didn't really have to. They still completed it like 91% for the game or something. I think yeah. they had 30, 30 out of 33 sets completed, which is unbelievable. And you know what? They had to play for five minutes in the second half, and it was the last five minutes when they got within four points. And what, and what happened in the last five minutes? Pretty much the entire five minutes was played in Manly's half, and they probably forced about four dropouts it, or something like was, that. It was they, the best lesson I've seen in they, game management. They just they, they all all they, all they had to do was just uh, keep the ball down that end and keep getting repeat sets, yeah. and that's what they did. They closed it out, and they they closed it out, and they closed it out fucking easily. So 
look, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd give no credit. It's far more to do with the storm taking the foot off the pedal mm-hmm. than anything else. This, you know, left-hand side defence, you know, on the right-hand side of the attack, on the attackers of, of, of Winterstein out to Kelly. Like, I, I don't think Kelly's a bad defender. Um, Tafua has his issues under the high ball, but he's, you know, he's not, you know, he's not horrible, although he does... Yeah, in the Matai era, he had you know, you know, he made some bad reads. Hmm. So he's got a bad read in him. Winterstein though, fucking diabolical. And for Winterstein, is so indecisive in defence that he makes the shittest reads or just defers making a decision on a read, dumping the you know a kid who's like an under twenties hmm. you know player and a dude who's known for shit reads coming in off the wing, putting them in the shit. So what are you going to get? Uh, and for like someone like Felice Cafusi, I remember talking about a Melbourne Storm game a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember which game it was, but Cafusi was just for eighty meters of the field was just damaging and making great. But but when it came down to attacking situations where it came time to score tries and put guys away, it just seemed to die with him. Yeah. Not when you can go straight through. Yeah, exactly. Like and that was the, those two tries were the difference. And uh, this, the other thing I just want to address is the. Well, the, the Turbo Brothers quickly were fantastic, um, um, as always. Those mm. guys talk about, you know, when you talk about who the heart and souls of teams are, fucking incredible. But the other thing I wanted to talk about um, was this. I've seen a lot of talk about this. Uh, you know, there was the first kickoff or whatever, and the, and, and the dude did the thing where, you know, I'm, he's, I'm ste- stepping, you know, dead and catch it, and therefore yeah, it's yeah, dead. Yeah. And his foot wasn't on the ground, so it actually wasn't. And, you know, then they scored a try off that. You can't this the simplistic view that oh my god the whole game hinged on that or oh that was six points so therefore you know that's the victory margin yeah once again like the like the bullshit first try in the dragons game mm-hmm. the week before if you're going to drop your bundle for an entire fucking game or at least for an entire half of football over over something that happened in the first five minutes fucking grow up here man. Like seriously, just harden the fuck up, cunts. That's that's all I really got to say about harden up. Clearly, you can score tries. Clearly, you can defend when you have to. But jeez, get your shit together because I mean, you can't have thirty-five minutes of that absolute fucking garbage. Yeah, especially with that. Like, and you know, we'll get into the previews later. But that side of the field, that's the same fucking side of the field as Leipana, and you're playing them this week. So, four. <sighs> Sorry, let me just open sports bet. Yeah, exactly. Three tries for a partner, two for BJ. Put in a multi. <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding, man. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'll, I'll put fucking, I'll put my house on that shit. <laughs> no, I won't go that far. That'd be stupid. Nah. Um, <laughs> do you have anything you want to say? No, mate. You you covered that off really, really well. I, I, the the big talking point on that one for me was just the Storms game management at the end. Yeah, that, and that was the best patch to play for them. I mean, the the, the try scoring stuff. I. You have got to put that down to the garbage, <laughs> the garbage defence on that side of the field. Honestly, yeah. um, just just atrocious. Uh, otherwise, like you know, the storm. You know, it was funny though, they couldn't find a way to score last week, but you know they they easily scored. You know, some first half tries this week. Mm. But um, I don't think the storm. I don't think the storm have solved any problems. I think they they exploited they exploited a weakness in the first half, and then uh, you know basically cruised home. Until they had to really step up again, and when they did, they just controlled shit so easily, yeah. you know, magnificently. Um, on a blood buzz, it just goes to show you can't give a side like the Storm an 18-point head start twice and expect to come away with the chocolates. <laughs> Indeed, and I'll give Gronk Cassidy Aiden his, his shot. Uh, haha, the team of destiny only one half needed to defeat Manly. See, that's 
that's the that's a gronk <laughs> that's a gronk attitude. I don't think the storm have solved their problems either. I think you know it was a much like the the Roosters playing Newcastle. I think it was just a good opportunity for them to feel like yeah. you know okay we can score tries. The, the storm hit me though as a sort of team that that does that can do more harm for them than good. Yeah, that the, they they would have preferred somebody I reckon maybe of the Bulldogs level. Yeah, but I don't know. If, yeah, to get out there and really sort of. Yeah, okay, we're going to grind through and they're going to test us for 80 minutes if we're not on our game. Yeah. Because they, they let in some, some fairly simple ones. Yeah. Um, yep. Addo Carr needs to get his head right. Yeah. Bellamy will start abducting family members. Yeah, and like, yeah, the attack from Manly was was great, but I mean, I, I don't remember what their final... Hmm. I mean, like that second half, they dropped so much ball when they, you know, they conceivably yeah. could. I mean, you know, had they gotten that close... You know, by the 60-minute mark, you know, how would the game have turned out? I don't know. Maybe the Storm would just clamp down for the last 20 minutes instead of the last five minutes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard it. to say. But at the end, of, I mean, yeah, they, they, they just dropped they dropped so much ball anyway. Yeah, I mean, playing catch-up. So. Um, the uh, Raiders 20 to feed the Warriors 8 down there in Canberra. Just touch under 14,000 in attendance. The Raiders double to BJ and uh, Josh, Hod- Josh Hodgson, Hodgson also with a try. Uh, Croker 2 or 3 conversions, a couple of penalty goals. The Warriors 8. Try to Ryan Hoffman and uh, Sean Johnson two or two conversions. Yeah, good. I I think the the best thing for Raiders fans to take out of this one was their response to how the Warriors started the game. So yep. the the Warriors came out there and and had a a fairly clear plan and it's not a silly one. It, it works, but run the the big Raiders forwards around. And there were a, a couple of times where it was you know sort of ten minutes out from from half time. And the Raiders were fucked. Yep. They were absolutely gone for all money. But there's enough talk in that team and there's enough direction in that team yep. that they got through. Even with the Warriors on the board early, it never really looked like they were in any sort of danger. Um, but then halftime came and the Warriors did their weird sort of fucking reverse panning for gold trick. <laughs> like, you know, normally when you pan for gold, yeah, yeah. you flick it out and the rocks fly out and you're left with yeah. the good stuff in your thing. With, with theirs, there's just rocks. Nothing but fucking rocks. But... Well, it'd be like when they just get, yeah, like, it's like you know, taking it back to the blood diamond thing. I mean, <laughs> the, the first half, they pull out all the diamonds. The second half, they were caught and had their hands chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> it... it, it the forward pack of the Raiders are just relentless. You, yep. you don't get any sort of break or reprieve from them. And they go and go and they roll on and they'll support each other. Yep. You know, you, you don't have one of them who's going great guns and the others are the mediocre. Um, the Warriors did not want to hang on to the ball in any way, shape or form in the second half. And when you've got a, a team like the Raiders with that potency out wide, like BJ just had a field day out there. Yep. Uh, at underscore X factors underscore. <laughs> Fucking hell! <sighs> I hate you so much. Foreman's been really quiet tonight. Probably tired from having to actually spend time with his kids. Hashtag parenting decline. No, King, he, he was in another state. Yeah. Uh, King Levius. Oh well, what did I expect? Only time Warriors and three in a row go together is if you're talking about penalties. Hashtag one half wonders. Mm. St. George Illawarra Dragons 28 defeated the North Queensland Cowboys 22 at win. Crowd just under 14,000. The Dragons 28 came from tries to McDonald, Widdop, a double to Lafayette, and uh, Kurt Mann with tries. Uh, 
Widdop 3 of 5 conversions and a penalty goal. Uh, the Cowboys 22 came from tries to Geller Mosby, Spina, Morgan and Bolton. Feld 3 of 4 conversions. That fucking Geller Mosby. Mm-hmm. He is the world's oldest looking young man. <laughs> he does have a wisdom. <laughs> he has the look of wisdom <laughs> greater than his years. I, you say wisdom, I'd say it's like a fucking... I remember an episode of Quantum Leap where he jumped into someone's body and they were like a five-year-old kid, but they were 80 years old physically. Yeah, yeah. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, faster. Yeah. Fucking quick. The the Dragons were came out in their, their first half and it was a continuation of what they've been doing for most of their season. I, I still say that the, their success comes first and foremost this year off the back of fast play-the-ball speed. Yep. And forwards not rolling over and and rabbiting or fucking turtling whatever it is on the ground they hit and even if you know they're not always trying to to punch through but they'll hit and drop and they're up and they're playing the ball before the defensive line set and that's how they're making so much of their meterage that's how Widdop looks like he's got all the time in the world to be playing and he's back to his glory days yep you know, everyone's saying that, oh, we haven't seen Widdop like this since since back in the storm. Well, yeah, you remember the pack that he was running behind yep, when, yep. when he was at the storm. That's the sort of advantage he had and the sort of time he had back then. So um, the Cowboys are a team that are, are never really out of it, though, even with no JT. Morgan was all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, and what I like about him as a player is if Thurston's not there, he can step up and try and create himself. Yeah. But he's also happy to still be the support half. Yep. It's not that he had to have every single play himself without Thurston. He still ran those nice little round-the-back plays yep. and got himself a try for his troubles. Um, even with, with Thurston there, though, he, he wasn't making 30 tackles himself that they missed that, that game. Yeah, that's right. And that's what let them down. Yep. So. Exactly. Um, underscore JDHD. I need to speak to my local drug dealer about his ingredients because I swear I just saw Josh McCrone chase down Kyle Felt. <laughs> Hasn't he been a surprise package? Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a he's a much much maligned character. McCrone. Yep. You, you're Ma- not a McCrone Ma- fan personally. Well, it's, he's just he's been he's one of those players whose name was you know kind of like almost like a punchline. Yeah, I was I was neutral on him too, but believe me, this this is the fu- the funniest thing with these Dragons fans this year. Sure, they they can enjoy like you know a, a, an up to up to date you know like a, a very good season, mm. but geez, a lot of just like personally embarrassing situations happening with the fans of this club mm. because they you know the ousting Dow, sacking Mary McCrone, like you know the amount of shit. I I I would be very proud of Mary as my coach. At the moment, do you see what he did today in the, or yesterday in the press conference? No, I did not. When there's all this shit going on about Josh Dugan, mm-hmm. right? And St. George have come out and said that fucking around with the salary cap is going to cost us one of the two yep. because we don't have any certainty yep. and there are other clubs that have certainty. Yep. I'm, I'm not sure how much I believe that. but yeah. um, That's politics. Th- there were journos out there today talking about Dugan and, well, hang on, does he want to play it? Central or does he want yep. to play at fullback and, and he turned around and fucking give it to him and yep. said the players manager and the club will come to an agreement on what they think the player's worth yep and if they're both happy he'll sign a contract yep 
it's my fucking job to decide where he plays for the team. Yep. It doesn't happen in the discussions between the players, manager, yep. and the club. It is my fucking decision where he plays if he's on my team. Yep. Just shut him up. So, yep. um, you know, look, I, I think someone with that sort of attitude and, and a team alive-wise like he's got, they're not done for the year. No, but I'm yet, I'm, I'm yet to be convinced, though, too. I'm not. I don't, I don't want to say. They I don't go all say so, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say soft draw, but they've they've had some fortunate matchups at at, at opportune yeah. times. So I really I, I want to see him. You know, like you know, last ten rounds taking on mm-hmm. you know, like the big guns. They play Cronulla. Yeah, and I mean they beat Cronulla. You know, the early stage in the season, but I mean there's always a lot more a lot of meaning towards their games. Though. I mean, you yep. know, probably Cronulla's probably not the best example. It's you know your games like you know Storm and things like that. I think where. They're Fair call, but at some stage, Cronulla's got to be a good example. If they meet in the semis, Cronulla can't. Yeah, yeah, but what I mean is like, yeah, it's, it's that that's a game where in in the semis, fine. There's you know there's big bickies on the table, but in, but a regular match is a derby for them. Yep. You know what I mean? So like, there's always that extra sort of thing. Oh so yeah, it's, it's more like you know teams that are like you know top top teams that they don't have any real. Hmm. I mean, and I guess you know if you want to dredge up history, I mean teams can have they can find a reason to fucking rise. Like I mean, obviously the '99 Grand Final, you know, is, is using the Storm as example, but yep. you know what I mean. Um, I do. Super Grover Four, Fuzzy felt the new dick fingers. Oh, hmm. fucking look who's out tweeting two weeks in a row. Yeah, I was gonna say he's fucking strap strap on the purple zoot suit and fucking fuck. <laughs> fucking now I'm gonna have that zoot suit riot song in my head. <laughs> Hey, Sam Wooden, uh, Cowboys trying their best Jesus impersonation for Easter, rising from the dead, but in the end proved it's just a myth. The biggest tiger, a big win for the Dragons tonight. Still not sure if they're the real deal, but this is a big win. Yanis uh, underscore Mateus, is it fraudulent to call Lafayette a shit cunt for over a year, but offered a cup his balls after tonight? Asking on behalf of myself. <laughs> Add Lafayette to the, to, to the list as well mm. with Mary and, uh, and the rest of it. Uh, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 28, defeated the Penrith Panthers, 2, at the Muddy Puddle. Crowd of just under 16,000. The Sharkies, 28, came from tries to Maloney, Fecky, Bird, Gallon, and Fafita. Maloney, 4 or 5 conversions. The Panthers, again, trialless. The solitary Nathan Cleary goal to show for it. Yeah. All right. Over the next couple of weeks... I need to see one of a couple of things happen. I need to see our halves dropped and a statement made that they're dropped because they weren't able to execute the game plan that the coach had given. You think that's going to happen? No, I don't. (laughs) Or I need to see them go out on the field with some instruction or coaching, if you will, on what sort of game plan to execute and how the team can use its strengths to win fucking rugby league games. Yep. You remember last year, and, and this is what I'd, I've said to most people if I'm just talking to or, or, or chatting with in real life, you know, Penrith came into this season, all of a sudden everyone's saying they're fucking favourites. They went through a fair whacker last season with Jamie Soward managing games for them. And yep. that is the big thing that is missing out of this team. The other one's Josh Mansour and yep. the 9,000 fucking metres he makes every single game but with a team like Penrith their positive attributes are their speed and hopefully how fit they are yeah and what you need is a half that can utilise that at the end of the sets you put a ball in a corner Mm -hmm. and our kick chase should be there 
as the ball's being picked up. Our outside men are fast enough and fit enough that they should be there every single time. Our kick chase should be the best in the league. But it's not, and Cleary is, is still doing those massive spiral bombs. They, they look great on TV, and all the commentators fucking jerk off about them. Yep. They are really high in the air, but they're, they're not producing results. You get one guy drop one, and oh, he's a fucking genius. Oh, da, 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 da. But for the other nine times you've done it, yeah. the opposition's starting their set on the 30-meter line. Yep. And you cannot take on a top-tier rugby league team like that. Um, the the selection issues with, with who he picked to go in there, we're never going to know why he did that. But you look at Ash Taylor on the fucking Gold Coast and Nathan Cleary. At the end of last year, most teams would have said, you know what? I may have a preference slightly one way or the other, but I'd take either of those for my team quite gladly. Ash Taylor is developing into a fucking NRL quality game manager. Yep. And Nathan Cleary is stagnating. And That's if right. fucking great mind Gus can't see that... He seemed, he, he, he seemed to be executing a, a game plan that was just wrong, though. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that... And, and like, you know, so maybe he was doing... You know, maybe he was following following the brief he was giving. Exactly, and, and that's what I'm saying. I either need to see the halves dropped because yep. they were not executing the game plan that they were yep. given, or I need a fucking game plan given to them that works on the team's strengths and what they're good at. Yep. Because at the moment... I'm seeing absolutely nothing. It's, okay, if we start passing the ball left, the ball will end up with a left winger. Yep. There are no other options of where that ball will go, and the, the team's fucking read it. Yep. How many intercepts have we thrown? Or how many near intercepts have we thrown? Yeah. Because there are no other options, and the ball continuing in the direction that it starts at from the play of the ball, or yep. from dummy half, Yep. It, it's absolutely horrible. Shark is good though. <laughs> I don't think the Sharks did anything, you know, extraordinary. They, they were a well-coached fucking side. They know yep. this is the style of attack that they're going to run. You know that the ball starts going left, jam up on them. Yep. Yep. Eventually, they'll be either forced to stop and submit to a tackle, or you'll be in line for an intercept. You know, um, I would fucking love to have Wade Graham doing what he's what he did to to Cleary and Martin. To the Queensland halves in state of origin. Yeah, yeah. He can do that fucking same job any time he likes, but that that's what a good coach does. Which is good. They 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 had a great game plan against uh, the way they the way they'd rush very yeah. young, inexperienced halves. Yeah, and fuck it, it just it just worked a treat. Exactly. Now, Rob sold out. Seems like Nathan Cleary's X factor has become a Y factor. Y question mark factor. Mm. <laughs> Carl Shanks, Cronulla defending their try line better than their beaches, not even letting the Anglo's in. <laughs> Look, I was going to say something, but fucking Mario and the other SJWs, Chapo, etc., will be on that. Yeah. You know, and, and they'll do much more damage than I could ever. Mario Seeks, today was the day everyone realised the Panthers are the biggest fraud of a club in the comp at the moment. Favourites? Question mark? Yeah. LOL? Maybe in the solitary little bumblefuck ugga nowhere town <laughs> that you live in. ugga nowhere. Maybe there's one fucking newspaper there. <laughs> and your degenerate cheapskate cunt-ass only 
picked up a copy of it four days later at the bakery. <laughs> when you're pinching someone's empty or grey cup to take home and pour some boiling water in. Um, but if you if you honestly believe the Panthers were favourites coming into this season, you fucking bumped your head. No, no, but they they like they they were the favourites coming into the season. It's just where the people believed that was that favouritism was justified, right? Well, no, it wasn't because the. The only place. No, I don't favorite. think it was either. It but starts I mean, with the bookies. Yeah, yeah, that's right? right. But I mean, those markets are set by by, by the money the punters are putting in there too. No, they? they're not. They're, they bring no, the price down. The more money comes in, the more the price goes down. I mean, that's how the bookies mitigate the losses should come true. That's the way it works. That's the way. No, it's it, it it's <laughs> not even close to that simple. But it's around the bookies came out and had certain odds just based on how the finals ended up last yeah. year. Yeah. Then people jump on it, which will tweak the price a little bit, and then the newspapers, etc., pick up on, oh well, this team's the shortest odds, so they must be the favourite, and these are how. Oh no, I, th- I think that, I think that the newspaper people they would have been trying to ba- they would have been basing it on how Penrith finished the season last year and extrapolating improvement, you know, that came with the experience of you know blah blah blah. You think the same people who wrote because of a typo, Matt Moylan has relinquished the captaincy. <laughs> sat down and extrapolated the potential for improvement. Yeah, and were wrong. As they were with no. the Matt Moylan fucking typo story. I, that's exactly that kind of that's exactly that kind of fucking shit. Exactly those people, only, yeah. Only knowing what, what I know about some work with T A B, um, the newspapers rely heavily on Bookie's preseason to get information on uh, on who should be favourites and who shouldn't be. Oh yeah, but I mean like there's that's like the media as a one big blanket. I mean there's 25 people on staff that are giving their they're giving their predictions yeah. over, and there's no way that they're all like you know like, you know they're, like, they're not towing some bookies line or whatever no they're not but they're all close enough to what the bookies put out there like no one came out with a totally different top 8 than what all of the sporting agencies had <laughs> well there you go you exactly me. point mate so we're not fucking <laughs> you know slaves to the uh, the gambling companies but yeah, if, if you really thought Penrith were favourites this year, yeah, this thing, the thing, the fact is they were. But it, I mean, it's 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 whether you think that that favouritism was justified. No, not that's, at all. That's the fucking that's no, that's no the real that's the that's the test. Um, G Campbell underscore eighty eight. Knights Resi's team beat a Penny Resi's team containing Moyle and Blake and Hiku last week. Sharks beat the same Resi's this week. And he's got hashtag sorry Nat. And the Sharks beat the Knights by one. Story yeah. checks out. GT351 underscore Johns. Got to put him in there when the Sharkies are involved. <laughs> so peptides work better than frozen oak to enhance your performance. Who would have thunk it? Dirty drug nuller gronks. Yeah, one thing I, I do want to say. Um, there were a lot of Cronulla people when yeah. Camp Smith had his whatever victory it was. Yep. A oh, lot that, of yeah. Cronulla people went out there and were saying that he shouldn't have those records because they were obtained yep. with a team that cheated. Yes. There are a surprising amount of records that Paul Gallon set in 2011-2012. I can't name one of them, no. Um, I, I think he's, he's, one, he's the only... He's run for 200 metres in the most consecutive games. Yeah, like, fuck, I would never have... Would you strike him from the record books? It's that, the thing about that is it's not really like a record that 
makes the books. It's like a trivia thing that sports mate have to dig up when one oh, of them yeah, no, asks ask about it. But it's not like it's, you know, most wins are blah, blah. But do you, you know, reckon if <clears throat> all references to achievements made would be a, a, a deterrent against salary cap cheating or drug cheating? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that... I, I don't think that... Like, players play for premierships... And, and, you know, and representative caps and things like that. I don't think anyone goes into their career like, I want to become the guy who gets the most wins out of any player in history. Because things like that are things that you can't really go into your career thinking of because mm. one knee injury immediately you know, disqualifies Again, put you from it this, if, You know, if, you you're, know? if you're a goal kicker, if you're a kid that practices kicking goals for three hours every night yep. and you, you want to take El Masri's record... Is that enough of an incentive, you reckon, that if, if you're caught doing anything that involves cheating or drugs or that? Yeah. Oh, look, I'd love to see, I'd love to see all of it stricken, yeah. believe me. But um, I'm not sure how, you know, how badly... I, I don't, like, for someone like Cam Smith's one, because of the... You know, it's very clear the years in which the salary cap was cheated. Yeah. So before he even approaches that record his figure would already be well and truly yeah. amended. Like, you wouldn't re- you wouldn't make the record and achieve the record, then have it moved off. You just, you'd never reach it because, you know, your wins are in the same fucking, yeah. you know, pantheon yep. as any other guy because you're like, you know, like as half as many or, you hmm. know, however many, Spot on. you know. So, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's always very complicated with the whole, you know, but, you know, I can imagine it would be very heartbreaking if you were an Olympic fucking 100 metre relay gold medalist and, clean athlete and you know one dude was juicing and they yeah. fucking the gold medals you know so you know yes there are sports out there that, that can so brutally, it, yeah. brutally you know refactor records and so forth yep. after the fact uh, despite you know how how clean or not you know some of the participants were so mm. yeah it can be done uh, Giannis underscore Mateus uh, the Royal Commission and Child Abuse should look into that game given how badly the Young Panthers were fucked well then Parramatta Eels 26 to feed the West Tigers 22 just, at ANZ. Just to, to that. Yes. You know the shocking stats on child abuse? You know where the majority of it happens? Where? In their own home. Okay. You know who the perpetrators are? Normally somebody who's left in charge of them. Okay. I'm just trying to point out the statistics show where this fuckery's more likely to come from. In house. So what is is this, is this, is he saying something about the hook? coach? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fucking. Just. Jeez. I thought, you know, I just didn't think he'd lose your support so quickly. No. He, look, he never had my support. To be honest, I, I saw what he did to the Broncos. I saw him turn premiership winners into absolutely useless fucking hangers on. Mm-hmm. Um. And and have nobody ever call him on it the best I could hope for when he got to Penrith I think it was a perm I, I saw him tweet something about it just saying that he, he just hoped that he wouldn't fuck up you know, too badly yep um, but at, at the moment he's taking players that that were fantastic and he will ruin them yep unless he pulls his fucking head out of his ass. Paramount Eels 26 to feed the West Tigers 22 at ANZ. Just under 30,000 in attendance. The Eels 26 came from tries to Jennings, Hoffman, Redradra, 
and a double to wife being cut hole. Gutherson three of five conversions. The Tigers twenty two came tries to Moses, Sue, Nagama, McElrick, and three of four conversions to Moses. Yeah, I thought Moses had a good game. You know, we're, we're, we're mostly, I mean, you know, game on the line though when they were leading you know, they would have a twelve point lead pretty pretty late in in, mm. in proceedings, probably what about what, fifteen minutes ago at this stage, maybe mm-hmm. even touch more. Yep. Uh, touch less, sorry. And uh that's where the whole game management thing we're talking about, uh you know, like Taylor and um Oh yeah, but but again, Mitch Moses hasn't been a game manager for his whole career. You can't begrudge him not being one now. No, but that's his role, though. I, mean, I, I thought he had they, a. That's what that's that's what they you know that's what they required, and they required you know like a kicking game and that sort of thing, yeah. and he just he yeah it just it's not not good enough. I mean, this was a spectacular example <laughs> of Tigers in decline, and like, and like I don't I, like I, I hate to, I don't hate to say it a lot, but um, uh, being a fan of this side would be would be a fucking torture. Yeah. Because they had this game won, well and truly won. Parramatta were no, never. They were at, they were ahead at sixty minutes. They were fucking ahead at like seventy six minutes or something. Mm. The they had this game won. The Eels aren't very good. <laughs> <laughs> they were completely and thoroughly disinterested in attack and defence. Yeah. They sort of got their head, head around you know, the need to defend in the second half, but they were th- just lethargic and completely disinterested in this game until it got to about probably 2022. Yeah. And and I then and only then they're like, oh, fucking all right. We're actually, we're in it. And, and, you know, let's do it. And then they started to play like they wanted to win the game. They're almost a Frankenstein of a team at the moment, the Eels. They've got a, a, a centre in the halves. Yep. And they've got, you know, I know Gutho came up as a a fullback. Yep. But he's a half now. He's gone back to playing fullback. And it looks like he's had enough time out of the number one jersey to forget everything he's ever known about the role. Yep. You know, some, some of his his plays, like there, there was one that he, he came through and there was a ball in front of him on his own goal line. And all he had to do was fall on it because there were Tigers thundering all around him. And he was lucky that somebody else came through and took it out of play. Yep. Um, but, yeah, with, with Moses, I, I think he had a very Mitch Moses sort of game. You know, you, you want him for those breakaway plays, the support up the middle, following through. And, and I think that's what the Eels are looking to get out of him. They'll leave Norman as the organiser. Yep. Um, so for, for para fans, that, that's a glimpse of, of what you'll have coming. Um the the eels were I, I think just too reliant on on strike power outside like to next week with Penrith it's going to be like a fucking sword fight between two impotent penises like just I'm, I'm not looking forward to that game at all but Norman did enough the eels forwards did enough and and West just don't seem to to want to have any sort of cohesion in defence at the moment, which Ivan would have known going in. Yeah. And with a team like that, you know, it, it's a better better situation than Brownie went into at Newcastle. Oh, much. Yeah. If you walk into the Tigers and say, "Well, I'll tell you what, our defence is ratchet, but our attack on its day is world beating." 
Yeah. That that's not the worst situation for a coach to. No, it's better we've got a bunch into. of kids who never played before and some yeah. real shit boys that so, played far too much and Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. so if there can be and and again it's funny, I think I think it just comes down to that communication thing. Yep. Guys knowing what to do when the person inside or outside of them does A, B or C, this this is what you're gonna need to do to cover them, so and yeah, there's a lot to be said for you know, like the, you know, attacking players and the guile of the, you know that they have and and concealing mm. this and that. But there was none of that at all. <laughs> not from Parramatta. Yeah. They were, I'm, I'm not giving them any raps at all in this game. They were not interested in this game at, no, not all, at all until it got to the two points down. Yep. And um, I just it really annoys me watching Takarangi play football <laughs> as as a half or just, just in as, general. Just just in, in in general, but it's probably more noticeable as a half because he's in a, he's he's getting more touches and he's in amongst them more, mm. and he's not just waiting out there for the ball to come. Mm. Just a just uh, yeah, no, there's no punchline. It just really fucking aggravates me watching him play. Yeah, <laughs> look, there's a, there's a lot of people in that Parramatta team that that do subscribe to that thing of well, you know, genetically you fit a certain profile of yep. of height, weight, yep. arm span, whatever, yep. um, and so you are guaranteed a certain amount of success, and you don't have to put in as much effort. Yeah. Um, All right, the biggest tiger. People will be wishing me a happy 70th on my 40th due to following this team. <laughs> yep. Astronauts, good to see the decline is still going after last week's temporary pause. Uh, slippy underscore eel. Moses fears Takarangi. <laughs> Jamal Idris <laughs> that's one thing for the Tigers he's looking better isn't he well he's not great at moving he can't go sideways but he can like stop other things going forward but if you fucking run directly like directly at him in a straight line you're gonna you're gonna die like he fucking bends at the waist like a Catholic girl <laughs> he will I mean, you only have to, you know, put on a step and a bit of a swerve, just try and get him moving laterally, you, then you're fine. But if you are fool enough to run straight at him, he's going to club you like a baby seal. Mm. Now, uh, Slippy underscore you. Well, we've got that one, Paraman Mark 2. Well, that game had everything. First para suck due to Avakama, and then the cunt scores two, sets up one, causing classic Tigers in decline. I suppose yeah, that's that a tough one for Paraman. We know what happens Tigers. when the unstoppable force meets the immovable object, then. Who, who are we casting in each role here? No, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, cunt karma versus tigers in decline. Yeah, that's true. Some of the... <laughs> well, we know what well, we know happens now. Uh, the hashtag's unbeatable, but, but as, a, as a force against, yeah, the old lava karma, mm. Stuart Marler. The players are running out of people to blame. Yep. That is true. On who the next coach will be. Jeff Toovey suit up. <laughs> Voodoo Rock, that win was like a dodgy kebab. Sure, it's delicious at the time, but it gives you the shits for weeks. Oh. Take it and run, Don't man. Don't dwell, man. Once again, we welcome back the tonal package, Nat Sinclair, for the Ask Nat segment again. How are you going, Nat? I'm good. How are you? Oh, great. Rugby league is such a fantastic sport, and it's so enjoyable. I hate it. <laughs> I hate every second. It's just such a shit. Like, yeah, like I'm, I kind of hate Sorry, rugby league at the moment. It. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> at least you didn't have your 
was the expectation coming in. I genuinely was convinced we were going to win the premiership, and I made that very clear to everyone I knew. And now, look at it. That's true, and you're still in that position. Yeah, you're still in a position where you've only beaten Tigers and the Knights. And we and those wins are great. And after those wins, I was like, "Yep, see, we're back. We're going to win the premiership." And yet again, we, nothing. We smashed, so, the, we smashed the wooden time. spoon contenders. We're on our way. <laughs> Literally, at least the dragon being smashed by the dragons isn't as embarrassing anymore. So I'm actually kind of every win they have makes it a little bit better. Look, what, <laughs> a little bit easier. What do you make, or what do you, well, what do you make? What do you make of the dragons? Then I still think they're frauds. No, I'm I'm sold on them. Really? I'm so sold on them. Wow. I mean, Yep, the way they, they had that last five minutes. I know they let the Cowboys back in the game, yep. but the way they played in that last five when it was so close, they were smart. They were really smart, um, showing almost storm-like qualities. Um, so, yeah, I know it's a bit cold, but they were. Like, I think um, at one stage they not, basically knocked the ball on, yep. which obviously turned over possession, yep. but it was stopping a, a, a clear try. Yep. And that sort of thing is smart because it's like, yeah, oh, well, they got five more tackles, but it wasn't a try and it was going to be a clear try. Yep. Yep. So that sort of thing, I was really impressed with. You know what the only, the, you know what's more embarrassing than um, losing to the Dragons this year? What? Being a Dragons fan on Twitter, <laughs> who's who's being constantly like oust doused and you know, sack Mary and all that sort of and, Mary. And, and now, yeah, and now it's like all of a sudden they got some wins together and they're looking all right. What a coach! Like, yeah, what oh, a super coach. coach. He's amazing. Yeah, extend his contract. Yeah. Over, yeah. <laughs> Always away, isn't it? Oh, the, co- the coaches are the first ones to go, and I will never understand it. Yeah. I will never get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so as Dragons fans, there's a lot of uh, a lot of backpedaling there. Now we've got a couple of questions this week. So first question this week comes from a very uh, long tenured uh, listener of the show, Penrith fan at Mick the Perm is his Twitter handle, and uh, he said, uh, "Does Hook deserve to be kicked?" And when the answer is yes, who do you want in? Uh, I'm not a coach's fault girl at all. Um, I suppose the only coach I would take over mm-hmm. him is Ivan Cleary. Um, I think that Ivan was responsible for the majority of the success we've experienced last year, even though he wasn't there, based on the culture yep. that he created there. Um, you know, it's a real, like, I think the players want to stay there because of what he created and that sort of thing. And um, I'm a huge fan of Ivan Cleary. And I think he will come good at the Tigers as well, even though that's a bit of an effort. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think he deserves to, to get that. Uh, it's not, he's not playing. Do you see some parallels, though? Like, there's, there's some... For ex- I was, an, ex- an example that I want to make is um, someone like Sam Thide. I mean, how good he's going mm-hmm. this year, and uh, and well, yeah, I guess how good he's been going since Bennett returned. Versus yeah. how he was in the hook era when he was sort of fat and disinterested. Um, and I just want to draw yep. a parallel to someone like Merrin, who also seems oh, to be yeah. pretty. You know, he seems to be over- he seems to be carrying more weight than he should be, and and and. Yeah. And not no, anywhere true. near, you know, what we've seen from him in the past. Yeah, well, so it doesn't make sense because he played yeah. so well last year. So it's like that's yeah, under true. the same coach. And then I know that um, Le- Leilani last year came back and he was overweight yep. this season. And he had to come to training at three in the morning every day for three weeks Jeez. until he lost the weight. So I don't, yeah, yeah. He was because re- he had his honeymoon um, yep. in the off season. So I think that, you know, he could just put it on then. And then he had to fix that. Walker Blake as well, yep. he had to lose some weight. Um, so I know a lot of um, our players also need to um, put on weight, you know, muscle. Otherwise That's right. Yeah. First grade. So I don't know what it is. I don't. I know that you know Broncos were a bit not not the best when Griffin was there, but I still don't yeah. think it's his fault. What's going on? I do, I cannot put my finger on what's going on at Penrith at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Um, 
I just it's it's very different to where they were yeah, the way they sure. were last year. Um, even even in the beginning of the season, we weren't winning every game, but we were really in every single game. I think we got whacked yep. like once last year yep. in the whole year, yep. and this yep. year it's just like I don't know what's going on. But um. You know, I guess yeah. we'll just see what happens. Okay, we got one from uh, at Hey Sam Warden, and he sent a bit of a book. He said, uh, mm-hmm. as well as being very talented, Nathan Cleary seems to be quite a humble young man. Do clubs do enough or anything to keep young stars grounded? Or do some of these young up-and-coming players have their heads so far up their own ass? there's nothing a club or coach could do? I think it's literally mm-hmm. yes and yes to both those questions. Um, yeah, Nate, like Nathan's very humble, very nice boy. Um, and I think a lot of that comes yep. from his father. And I think you can see the way he wouldn't let anything, you know, you can you can see just the way they are in interviews and things like that. You could never imagine anyone really getting too big to yep. their Ivan as your dad. Um, I think that um, what you can do is kind of do an opposite to the West Tigers and make sure your, your players don't sure. run that club. And you don't let them hold you to ransom because that is how... Imagine if you're at a workplace and your boss or, or your bosses are working around you and they're waiting on you for months and months and months on end. You're going to get a big head and you're going to think that you are the key to every yep. success of that club. Whereas Ivan coming in and being like, no, sorry, look what Mitch Moses did. You had a massive tantrum and left. And yep. that's fine. See you later. You know? So um, I think that, yeah, the club, they can make sure they don't, they don't let that happen. And of course, that that does happen with a lot of clubs where they they get told they're too important. You know, they're more important than everyone else. They're more important than discipline, and they're more important than the games itself. So, um, that yeah, they can definitely do that. But yeah, I think some players also look. Yep. So, so 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 with I mean, obviously, so in Cleary's case, I mean, it comes from his upbringing. But do you think the clubs do anything or enough to keep to keep stars grounded, or that's more just? I think situations like what we did with our three players that went out. That helps keep cops, that that helps yep. keep these players grounded because they realise you are not worth you're not you're not everything you know um, so I think yeah of course that 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 sort of thing yeah but do I think all clubs do enough definitely not definitely not and the managers don't help the managers feed these egos like there's no tomorrow well exactly more money more money so, um, more money you know oh it's yep. crazy the way they speak to them oh my god it's sickening um, so yeah I think that there's just there's so many aspects of these players' lives that are like they've got they're surrounded by yes people yep. all the time, and it would help them to be surrounded by a few no people who are like no, you know it's not everyone else's fault besides your own. Get out there, do it, act like a normal yep. proper human being. Excellent. Um, Doz tweets said uh, with the Panthers being a clear second to the uh, Manly Seabirds, when do you think others will reach a good standard? <laughs> 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 he doesn't say what he's basing all that on either. I mean, he's a manly, he's, he's a manly well, yeah, fan. So, like, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's okay. I appreciate the loyalty he has with his cheer squad. That's fine. We can be second if he's a manly fan. Um, I think the squads are great. <laughs> You're not going to start a cat fight with any other squad, <laughs> are you? Everyone's great. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> and the final one is from our mate who you gave the advice to about the Valentine Holmes AVO. Oh, his, his handle's changed him. now. It's uh, Gronk Kieran. And and he's, oh, he it. said, uh, and this is this probably requires a bit of backfilling on on the story. But his his uh, his question okay. is, what flavour would you like for your bag this week? And he said he, he then he apologised and said he feels bad for writing it. Now there's a tradition seemingly with Cronulla, with Cronulla supporters 
that listen to the show. And yeah. the whole thing is, and, and he yeah. may have even started, I'm not sure who kicked it off, but it may have been him. But the whole thing was um, mm. when the Sharks beat a team, the Sharks fans are telling the supporters of the other team to eat a bag of dicks. And so, oh. so because you know your side went down to the sharks on the weekend, he's asking you what flavour would you like for your bag. I don't want a bag, thank you. <laughs> I'd like to politely. Yeah. Oh, there's, 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 yeah, there's, there's so like, last, well, even probably last year might have been the biggest year, but yeah. Oh, oh. there were so many, so many bloody oh, the ten in the row. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of eating. Yeah. Oh, that there was a lot of forced eating of bags of bags of dicks coming from the Shire. You know, for that reason, I hope I hope Canelo loses for that there reason. There you go. It's on, and, and it's on UK. Stop, stop it. So as always, if you've got a question for that, uh, hashtag Ask Nat. Uh, you tweet it, tweet it to us as well. I mean, it makes it easiest. It comes to our attention straight away, so we can favourite it. Um, or you know, tweet it to Nat as well. And I probably don't. I mean, are you looking to get a ton more followers? I mean, because I, I haven't really put your Twitter handle out there for a couple of weeks. So if you want to, if you want to tweet Nat at Nat underscore Sinclair ninety three uh, as well, and. And yeah, and if it's a longer one, you can do like Sam did this week and take a screenshot of your notes app or whatever you've done, or you know, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, or you can send us an email at hello at this week in league, or uh, send us a, a PM on Facebook or whatever, or a DM on Twitter, I guess, because they're you know they can be long as well. So whatever whatever works. But uh, yeah, get yeah. your questions in next week before you know Wednesday afternoon, and uh, you'll have your opportunity to uh, ask that next week. Once again, thanks very much for your time, Matt. Hey. And no uh, hopefully better you. better results this weekend. Uh, <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Previews for round eight. Kicks off Friday night, the early pub game. Canberra Raiders take on the Mighty Manly Seagulls in Canberra. Oh, <laughs> jeez. Canberra by how much, honestly? It's early, so it's not going to be that cold. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Have you got an entirely new left edge? No. Okay. And, um, yeah, no, not at all. I mean, they say, they're saying that Tapao's back in the side, but, I mean, that seems awfully quick for, mm. you know, the rib injury that he sustained. So, I guess he'll be needled up and just what playing on the Three weeks? Four weeks? Because yeah, that was a, a fractured rib. Yeah, Tapao's only been out, what, two weeks, maybe? Okay. It seems like something that, you know, he just had to needle up and play through, and they obviously feel like they need him, and maybe yeah. they're rushing him back, I'm not sure. Put some bubble wrap around him. Yeah, and, uh, and Nate Miles, named outside the 17, so that's, you know, that's always promising. However, the Lewis Brown experiment continues. And <laughs> oh, fucking how useless will that oh. be? Um, look, honestly... You know, I can I can come out and say that that Leipana is going to put on five tries between them on, on down that edge uh, of of the manly side, and yeah, there's a very good chance I'm right. But I mean, if I say something like that and Canberra put fifty on them, <laughs> then there's going to be some bullshit upset. Yeah, only <laughs> going to win somehow. But, I think the the only thing that hurts Canberra here is the team bus crashing on the way to the game. Yeah, but the team bus doesn't have far to go either. I mean, it's a home game for them, so it's like. <laughs> It's not like it's driving up the freeway yeah. and putting itself in danger for like, you know, an yeah. hour or so. Or, or two hours, so. Or somebody gets the shits with living in Canberra. Just goes crazy. Let's have some fireworks yeah, in the bus. Yeah, so. Yep. Mm. 
Uh, but yeah, I think Canberra by plenty, you know, yep. if I'm being realistic. The Rabbitohs take on the Broncos. When else? Friday night. Down at ANZ. I don't rate the Rabbits. I mean, the Broncos aren't going amazingly, but, yeah. I They're not, Broncos. but the, the Rabbits aren't the sort of team to trouble the Broncos. No, not this year. Paramount Eels take on the Penrith Panthers. ANZ Stadium, Saturday afternoon. <sighs> Possible return of uh, Cartwright. He's moved into the into the extended 21. Oh, that's good. That'll help our defence. Yep. And, and the unforced errors from offloads <laughs> and the near interceptions yeah. and so forth um, you know again Parramatta aren't in the greatest form it'll bring unwanted pregnancies to a dead fucking halt yeah. but uh, watch um, how much of an issue that is with your current game I I really hope we take this opportunity to to have a good long hard look at what we're doing and how we, we manage games dumbass that I am I can see that I've tipped the Panthers for this game fantastic um you know, the, the, the Battle of the West thing, we, we need to get up for that as well. But but for a team that did so well at the end of last year, especially in finals football, sticking to a game plan yep. and grinding teams out of the contest, we, you know, um, hailed as a, a miracle of a new style of play. Yep. Not, not kicking and dying with the ball on the last, yep. as long as you gave it to them on their goal line yep. in the corner. Yep. I, I don't understand how over an off-season we think that that stops working. Yep. So... Uh, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to go with my heart and say Penrith. I don't. I, I just don't rate the Eels. Yeah. Too too much of this season from them has been what we saw for the majority of that game last week. And just disin- they're they're not the team. It's funny, even with like the you know the the angst of the salary cap shit hanging over their head last season. When does Semi go to court? Uh, Is that next week? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If he scores three on us, I'll be fucking pissed. <laughs> Cowboys take on the Knights up at 1,300 teeth. Um, again, talk about fortuitous draws. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, this is going to be a better one for the for the Cowboys than what they've had to deal with. Yeah. We didn't mention the, the, the revelation of Asiata in the six. He was, a big, prop. he was a huge he was a huge engine engineer behind that comeback yeah. in the second half. Amazing. And once again, he finds himself named in the six. So, the, the, yeah, the, the Asiata era continues. And now Thurston, you know, will he have trouble breaking back into into first grade? Yeah, he may have to come back through Reggie's or through Mackay or whatever the fuck they, yeah, nice. <laughs> they, they play. Um, Gillen Mosby dropped um, with Winnerstein coming back in. Um, yeah, not dropped, you know, it's just obviously Winnerstein comes back into the side. Mm-hmm. Um, Hampton benched. And uh, what else we got here? Oh, Ray Ray comes into the 21, so we'll see what the thought is behind that. Uh, the Knights, look... This is a this is a, a the the perfect game that I think the Cowboys would want in a not having Thurston period of their year. Yes. Um, and I don't, the Knights, you know, I, I I think they're they're not regressing, but they're back to one of the easier games in the season after the yeah. spirited performances in the first couple of rounds. And and the Knights, I'm sure, will have maybe 15, 20 minute patches of yep. of looking like a a contender. Yep. Um, but just just like the rest of their games, I think the Sharks will be too strong for them this one. Sharks take on the Sharks, Titans. Cowboys. And uh, this one down at Reclaim Australia Coliseum. Or Stadium, I forget what I call it now. But, um, okay, well, look. The Titans potentially have Hayne back. Potentially have Proctor back. 
potentially have uh, Connie back. But they potentially yeah. don't too. Um, the unchanged lineup and from the Sharks. Sharks are travelling along beautifully at the moment. They've conceded about four points in the last two and, weeks. And again, you, you could have Proctor, Connie and Hayne back twice. Yep. And it doesn't make up for the missed tackles last week against Brisbane. Yep. Um, and, and Cronulla are a very similar team in that Maloney will take advantage of anything sloppy in the middle of the field. And you, and you think you think guys like Lewis and Graham coming through and putting pressure on the halves last week was a fucking problem. Yeah, we've already LG's already been proven exactly <laughs> to so, be extremely vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, Sharks. So, yep, Sharkies easily. West Tigers take on the Bulldogs. A and Z. Fuck. Flip a coin. Not really. To, look, if, if the dogs, if uh, see, for all he's in the, you know, he's back in the twenty, so. Once he'll, again, he'll come off the bench. Once again, we'll see what happens. But this yeah. is what I'm saying. Does does Frawley's inclusion coincide with a a Tiger's nap time? Look, the thing is with the Tigers, if they produce that 35 minutes like they did against the Storm, or they did even last week, or they did against the Cowboys the yeah. week before, you know, that's like what was that? That's three games in a row, right? So I mean. If, or was it three, at least three or four? Mm-hmm. If they can pull that out, oh, they can win the game. If they can do it for eighty, they can win. They can win this game. They can. But do you think they can win a? Do a I think battle in the middle against the dogs pack? No, but that's the thing. I mean, you know, they should do what they did against. Even they, the first. I mean, they got fucking slaughtered by Canberra. But the first ten minutes of that game, they were all over them by. Yeah. You know, running, running the big fours laterally. I, mean, I, I think the Tigers have got the ability if the, if you know, if they have the game plan and they can execute it, they've definitely got the physical ability. I reckon Jams is going to bite someone's fucking face off. Yeah, they, they, they can, they can play the style of game to completely, you know, yep, eliminate the forward advantage from, the, from the from the opening minute. Will they though? <sighs> Look, that's the tough one. There's, there's no way you can be confident. Of a consistent performance out of them until until you get it. So for that reason, dogs, hmm. dogs until I'm pr- until the Tigers prove otherwise. Roosters take on the Dragons. Allianz, Anzac Day. I'm taking the Dragons here. I am too. Actually, I don't think the Roosters have been uh, that great the last couple of weeks, and it's another. Uh, but for for me to feel comfortable on it, yeah. I'd really want the Dragons to to tighten up that second half slide. You know, I, I, I hope that that scare was close enough to them to get them to pull their heads in. Yeah, that was like a one-week thing. I mean, that's a... It yeah. is, but you get a team that's overperforming that starts to believe a bit of its own hype that comes up against a team without its stars. Yeah. And and that's what that's what happens. Yep. So hopefully they uh, they took a lesson from that, but I think the Dragons should do it. Okay. Uh, Storm take on the Warriors. Anzac Day evening. Whereabouts? Amy Park, the Korean housewife. Korean housewife. Storm. Depends. Why not? Like, there's no, there's absolutely no reason. Depends what Kieran Foran finds when he's down there. Yeah, that's true. Well, he's not going to find any extra kids, is he? Well, no. He ain't going to find any money. He pissed down the, down the horses. If Munster wants to keep his spot, all he's got to do is remind Foran that the child supports a federal government department and that no matter where in Australia he is... He can be found. They'll get him. Yep. So yep. he should just stay over in New Zealand. Yeah, and this is not going to be like a head-to-head battle as well because uh, Munster's going to be on the bench mm. and Riley Jackson's going to be in six with, you know, obviously, Cronk in seven. Um, Storm at home. Yeah. Can't go against them.
time for episode 251. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, as always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're also on Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. iTunes, one review this week. A fantastic by Mud Fudge. Five stars. Always an enjoyable listen to very. Always an enjoyable listen to varied opinions on rugby league. Can I ask what position did you like play as junior league players? Second row for me, except when loafing out on the wing. <laughs> because in school, because it's, Hang on, it's, is that his tweet or is that no? What that's me. Oh, that's, okay. that, that's me telling the truth. Um, that's. Yeah, because what it would be second row in regular games, like you know what was called the Commonwealth Bank Cup back then, where you know with the knockout to play, you know to go up to Queensland, uh, you know, represent Queensland in the final, blah blah blah, um, and in like carnival situations where you're playing like you know three games in a day yeah. sort of thing, then it's just wherever the fuck like. But I mean, I, I spent time out of the wing; it was great, Brett Plowman style. Yeah, nice. It's fantastic. It's it's a it's a treat. <laughs> Getting out of the middle. <laughs> no, I played hooker. Um, of course you did, you dirty fucking whore. Uh, and what did you learn from your coaches? I've we've been through this many times. Mister Mister Jacks, the math teacher, Year Nine maths teacher, teaching us how to eye gouge people and try and get them to provoke them into throwing punches to so to uh, win penalties. That's the one thing I learned. You know how we learned to tackle? How's that? In a sheep pen. What the fuck, country rugby league. It was. It was. The- agricultural school okay so they had livestock yeah um and this was back in the day before anyone gave a fuck about children's <laughs> health and safety and and and, and peter and and, and and that as well i'd imagine oh, fuck the sheep weren't the ones coming off second best <laughs> but that was how you know you, you get your technique down trying to barrel a sheep yeah so. <laughs> fuck it um oh look i had some some good coaches and some some poor coaches yep but the the most important thing was that you know, you, and I see it a lot in teams nowadays. Players not doing what their teammates need them to do. Yep. Everyone's too concerned on, on on what they they think should be happening for themselves. Um, and and that's why I think the great players are the the great players like Cameron Smith. Yep. Um, Thurston, Moylan, they're, they're just doing. <laughs> you know, they're, they're doing exactly oh, what hell. what their team needs from them. Uh, more than sacrificing his own. I was going to say, I think, I, think, I think Penrith need more than nothing out of Moylan at this stage. Yeah, he's 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 like putting himself out there to take the weight of that team's sins. It's almost like he's being crucified for their sins. <sighs> Fuck, he finished. I want to finish this review. Are you the result <laughs> of some inappropriate touching? In Jay's case, yes. Should I support a team there's no chance of winning or just support Manly? Is Penrith a western suburb of Sydney or a southern of Brisbane? Is state of origin overvalued as a representation of skill? Are we really interested in the Pommy League? Who the F is Leeds and where is it? All answers to these questions will be given in future episodes of this amazing podcast. Learn to listen to the great content and exceptional commentary. I love this week in League. You blokes rock. Love Jay's perspectives. Does he have a Tinder handle? Does he drink responsibly? I love the way you engage more women in this sport. Hashtag refreshment. I love, love, love this podcast and the wonderful commentators. Five stars. Fantastic. It's something. <laughs> Great review. Super I don't coach. have a Tinder profile. After a couple of drinks, my wife does. But yeah, you do. You still remember your ICQ handle? <laughs> 
God. Supercoach, Lucky Punks, Ebenezer Rascals, Dingbats, Odie McOakface, Junior Min, Sizzamy Timbers, Mighty Doggies, The Journeyman, Reach Around Robbo, and Jimmy Pete's World are the top ten tipping. How is Robbo? We haven't heard anything about Robbo. All the, all the shenanigans in the lines. For a while, yeah. No, we haven't. Give us a... Give us a uh, someone, someone get in touch and tell us about the dark shout. holes that Robbo's stuck down. Yep. Because I just realised his team's reach around Robbo this year and it was ramming Robbo yeah. last year, yeah. So we need an update on Robbo, Craig. Uh, tipping, Fabsy, new leader. Well, she's tied, but she's, she's ahead on differential. We've got a, Jesus, what was one, two, three, a five-way lock at the top of the competition now. One-Eyed Tiger had a down week. Uh, Fabsy on top, 39, tied with One-Eyed Tiger. TBI mm. Dragons, Bendem like Fooey Fooey and E underscore Rascals. And then one point back, the rest of the top 10. John, yeah, but nah, never trendy. Heavy Nova and Mitch. And so finally, before we end the show, um, uh, got a mate of mine who had a song on This Week in League fucking a while ago now, a couple of years ago. He had a song about Kirk Gidley being a fucking sook. Um, you may recall we ended the show with that. Uh, he's made a comeback. His band's getting back together, I think. And uh, so I'm not sure if this is a, this is an MC barbecue track or if it's a Drop Dead Ugly track, but he's uh, got a track called um, Shut the Fuck Up, Gus. And uh, we're going to end the show tonight with, uh, yeah. Is he a Sharks fan? He is a Broncos fan. Very much so, a Broncos fan. That's like saying, uh, it, is, is it Hitler? Well, no, it's Stalin. He's a uh, you know, Broncos, Broncos and Queensland. Okay, you got to respect a man that knows to what state fault. he was born in. Yep, it's true. But, uh, yeah, please enjoy the, uh, the, the dulcet tones of... Uh, MC Barbecue and uh, and uh, Drop Dead Ugly. I'm presume, I'm presume, I know it's I know it's the guys from Drop Dead Ugly. So I'm just not can sure whether they're classifying it. Can we get it into the Triple J Hottest 100? I'm sure you could submit it. He's been tweeting. He, he got he got blocked by Gus by tweeting it directly to him. And I've seen he's he's been tweeting it to Paul Gallon as well. I'll tell you what, <laughs> if if he if there's a you know a song referencing Tigers in Decline and some of the other stuff, yeah. He should write it. Start writing it. Well, we'll do a collaboration. I've got some lyrics. Number one. Yeah. Triple J's Hottest 100. Yeah. What an Australia day that'd be. We'll listen to that shit fest. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. See ya. See next week. Oh, he's dropped, he dropped the ball, Gus. No. We've gone up half cocked. No. Sit down. There is no party. No, Keithy. Keithy. Oh, Keithy. What have you done? I'm sick of his voice Us footy fans should have a choice To mute this clown when the game is on His opinion sucks dick and we want him gone Why should we be subjected to this? Surely Channel 9 is taking the piss Let's start a GoFundMe and fuck him off So he can retire back to the piss trough Shut the fuck up Gus, you're making me sick there's more shit around your mouth than here, Robert's dick Shut the fuck up, Gus, we've all had enough Of your commentary, you silly bloated fuck So shut the fuck up, Gus, shut the fuck up, Gus So shut the fuck up, Gus, shut the fuck up, Gus He looks like Baron Greenback from Danger Mouse The gas he leaks defects the Earth's greenhouse he likes to give Papa White his thumb a good sniff. What else would you expect off a cat from Penrith? <laughs>
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.